Donald Jeffries. Donald Jeffries. Author of Hidden History and Survival of the Richest. Host of The Donald Jeffries Show. Billy Ray Valentine. Billy Ray Valentine. Host of the Infinite Fringe Podcast. Researcher, truth seeker from the Bronx, New York. Tony Arterburn. Tony Arterburn. Radio host, combat veteran, precious metals analyst, and alt historian. Together, they take on the headlines of the week, decode the disinformation, and plow through the mainstream propaganda. Unauthorized, unscripted, and unintimidated. Unintimidated. This is America Unplugged. Hey. So we are live. Beautiful. Beautiful. I was about to say we are still not live, but, but we are live. And that's good. What is going on? It's America Unplugged. Everybody was here. Now they are not. Uh, Chris Graves <laughs> is here now. <laughs> and, and, and for you in the chat, it was Jose Van Dam. Listen, man, you're my dude, okay? But it's not always my fault, even though this time it absolutely was my fault, apparently. Still, I would like the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> okay? All right? Be like, you know, it doesn't always have to be Billy Ray that screwed something up, even though it was, apparently. Um, regardless of that, um, uh, I, we set up several different streams. It is America Unplugged uh, 100. Tony, take it real quick. I got to send the link uh, to, to Charlie. All right. So just yeah, take this. No break. problem. Yeah, it's episode 101. Um, and we're <laughs> back. This is just after five minutes of trying to figure out what stream we were on. And we, you would think after 100 episodes, we'd be getting better at this. I don't know what's happening. Am I degenerating? Is it the chemtrails? Is the the, is the, the, the aluminum? I don't know. And somehow the universe uh, traded Charlie Robinson for Chris Graves, which is a good bargain. I, I mean, I, I love both of them. But that so Sorry, I, folks. It, giveth, it, it giveth and it taketh away. I have to, I have to say, so last week, you're right, Billy. Last week, I was on my way down to the American Liberty Awards right. in Austin. And um, I mentioned that this was the hundredth episode. Yeah, and you were like, "Wow, I didn't. Yeah, you, you didn't know that." I pay attention right. to all of the, all the numbers because I, I put it up on the podcast feed. And so I'm driving down and thinking, "Wow, what a what a crazy time!" And uh, thinking about Charlie, and I get to meet Charlie. You know, I'm gonna finally get to meet Charlie Robinson. I've done many shows with, and I get down to the American Liberty Awards, and I'm sitting there. I got my table because I uh, Wise Wolf sponsored it, so I got the little sponsorship table. And I'm sitting there and I'm having a drink and I go, wait a minute, Charlie Robinson's here and I'm going to go find this guy. And I go over and he's on the green carpet where they've got the, the you know, the reporter asks questions and people are taking pictures. And I just walk up and I look at him and he goes, ah, you know, so it's really, <laughs> we're just, I'm sitting there talking to Charlie Robinson. And I got a great picture of me, Charlie Robinson and Owen Schroyer. And I yeah. thought, well, this is kind of like, you would think that AI did it. Like this is like uh, some kind of ego trip. No, it's me with Charlie Robinson and, and Owen. So it's good. Don't, it was a good time. I hope I hope fantastic. we get him back. I hope that he doesn't. He wasn't deleted somehow. No, no, no. I think we're gonna get everybody back uh, in in the second hour. David Knight is coming around, and Mr. Richard Willett. Of course, we have the usual suspects here. Uh, Wayne McCroy. I just sent you the link, and uh, Guard got the link on Twitter, and. Uh, Charlie, I just sent him the link via phone. So I hope Guard got the link. Oh, there he there goes somebody. Who's this? Mr. This Wayne McCroy, who wasn't here previously. And now he is. Wayne McCroy is here. And so we traded Wayne McCroy and Chris Graves 
for Charlie Robinson. It's a two for one. <laughs> so we, we got we got two. We let go on one. That's, I think it's a good bargain. Charlie Robinson will be on his way. Listen, it's America Unplugged 100. And I was saying beforehand for anybody that was on YouTube, you know, um, when we started this show, you know, uh, um, it was me and Don. Like I, as soon as I got the the um, the invitation from Iconic, I, I, I told Don, I'm like, we're going to call it America Unplugged. Come hang with me. You know, and he did. You know, um, John Brisson was on the first episode, uh, Charlie Robinson, who just appeared out of nowhere. We got him back. Yes. What is going on now? We're just missing guard. Guard, if you can hear me, it is up on Twitter. All right. And we're live now, Charlie. We, we got it. We got it working. We got it working. So um, and, and Charlie Robinson was there from the beginning. And any time, anytime we needed somebody to sit in anytime, whatever, I, I'd, re- I'd reach out to Charlie and he's like, hey, let's do it. You know, and he's still here today, even though he's incredibly busy doing 8,000 things. He just came off his own show, broadcasting live in Australia, well, throughout the world. But um, um, on TNT Radio, if you guys don't know, I'm sure you do. Uh, but uh, but he's here today to, to help us celebrate the 100th episode, which happened last week. This is the 100th episode. Um, and, uh, and then we picked up Wayne McCroy. Wayne's been my boy for a long time, right? Wayne and I have been, been cool for a long time. <laughs> And, and I, I know I had him on Iconic several times, um, but uh, when we transferred over to Rockfin, he like became a part of the show, pretty much. You know, and, and w- whenever I needed Wayne, he, he would come in. Like, whenever something esoteric happens, man, I just go straight to Wayne. Like, listen, dude, come, come break this down, please. Uh, of course, uh, John Brissom, we've read the documents, the dude, you know, I, I can't get rid of him if I wanted to. And, 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 and Chris Graves, of course, uh, um, became a part of the family due to uh, Don Jeffries, so we got to have him here. Um, Guard is is coming soon. And of course, uh, Richard Willett from Iconic and uh, and and uh, Mr. David Knight, you know. So the wisest of all the wolves is here. Mr. Tony Arterburn, say what's up to the people. Well, it's just an honor to be here, Billy. Episode 101, and uh, as you mentioned, you know, this America Unplugged was your show over on Iconic, and I, I joined you and Don, and now we brought it over to Rockfin, and uh, I, I'm just happy to be here, man. I'm proud to be here. It's a great show. It's a smart show. We don't always agree, <laughs> but uh, I think the, the perspectives are, are unique and thoughtful, and uh, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else on Saturday. So it's a, oh. it's a complete honor, sir. Without, without Tony, the, the show wouldn't exist anymore, right? And, and, and he came on during the last, the last days of Iconic, and when we left Iconic, we didn't know what to do. Well, at least I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. What, and, and he was like, go to Rockfin. I'm like, no, I don't want to go to Rockfin. He said, like, go to Rockfin. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are on Rockfin. And of course, the legendary Don Jeffries. From day one, I was like, yo, Don, come join me. And he did. I don't know why he did. I don't know why he talks to me, but he does. What's up, Don <laughs> Jeffries? How you doing? Say what's up to the people. Uh, it's been a pleasure. First of all, I, I think we've been doing this so long. I think we first started, Billy. I, I think you were a fan of Trump then, if I remember. I don't know. You no, certainly, you certainly no, didn't no. hate him then. <laughs> no, that was a, that's an old <laughs> reality. Long time ago. <laughs> I want, and thanks. Uh, What's up, guy? But word hey. got out that it's my birthday because I see tons of people in the YouTube wishing me happy birthdays. Thanks so much. And special shout out to Deborah Wheeler, who I don't see her in the chat room yet, but she actually mailed me a very generous birthday gift. So, uh, very nice, very pretty much, and I'll probably be popping in and out because of that. So, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll be good. here. I'll hang, and I might come back too. Fantastic! I want to go to Charlie Robinson next. The dude, TNT Radio. What's up, Charlie? How you doing? Thank you for joining us on One Hundred and One. Well, thanks for having me. I know how much work goes into doing a show, let alone a hundred shows. 
there's a lot and you guys should be proud of what you've done. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> listen, and it's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to talk about. I think you bring sanity and logic and reason to the audience that they need desperately. It's great to meet uh, Tony Arterburn in, in Austin last Saturday night. The wisest of wolves, as, as you say, <laughs> yeah. the most generous man around too. The Boy. most generous of all the wolves as well. The, the, the most generous <laughs> of all the wolves. He's got all the gold and yeah. the silver. And he gave out silver at the at the event to to the to the participants. It was wild, man. There was like a red car. Well, it was a, technically a green AstroTurf carpet, but you you get my drift. <laughs> yeah. With like the step and repeat, you know, logos and the light setup and interviews. And yeah, I mean, it was a it was a thing. And uh we 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 got to chat with each other we got to chat with uh brad from five times august at the end of the night i just emailed him tony by the way so um it was it was it it recharged my batteries that event you know meeting people in in real life we do this you know thank god for zoom and Streamyard and the like you know that we have the opportunity to connect with everybody but there's nothing like meeting people in real life and i'm excited about you know the the event in new york city we're all going to get a chance to 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 hang out. I wish it were under better circumstances. I right. wish we weren't talking about 9/11. I wish we didn't have to talk about a 9/11. But given that that's the reality we live in, I think it's going to be wonderful to have the whole team there and the audience and feed off of that energy and really get down to uh, to business about about talking about what's what's happening in this world. So thank you guys for for the work that you've done, for inviting me to be a, a small part of this. It's my pleasure and honor, and, and thank you guys. No, thank you for hanging out, man. This is this is literally who I consider the family, man. This is this is really America Unplugged. Like, if you got invited to the show, that's why, you know, because you you uh, have something that you've contributed in the history of the show, you know? Um, and uh, I appreciate all of you so much. Like, I love you guys, really, I do. And, and, and everybody that listens, uh, week after week after week. Thank you, man. Everybody on the podcast. There's so many people over there. What's up to the podcast that, that you're listening after the fact? Everybody at the infinitefringe.podbeam.com. And um, I'm going to put this up there. So what's up to you guys? Mr. Wayne McCroy, come to you. What's up, buddy? How you doing? The Alchemical Tech Revolution. Thank you for being a part of the show as often as you are. Thank you for joining the chat. You know, always have something to say. Thank you for having my back. I appreciate you. What's up, buddy? Well, thank you for having me on here. It's an honor to be here with you, gentlemen. Congratulations on 101 episodes. Uh, this is really a landmark. Seriously. In this crazy world, bringing a bit of sanity to people out there with questions about the mainstream narratives, that's an important task. And you guys have been on the ball. And a happy birthday to Don, by the way. Uh, much appreciated, gentlemen. I appreciate all of you and your insights and your contributions. So uh, it is an honor and a privilege to be here, and I do appreciate it, and I don't take that for granted. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Uh, Mr. John Brissom, that's my dude. Um, one of the smartest guys I know, right? I think everybody who knows John can say that. It's just ridiculous the amount of knowledge he keeps in his head. I don't necessarily agree with the knowledge all the time, but the knowledge is there. It's incredible live from the kill shed. What's up, buddy Black Trump? What's up, my dude? Uh, how you doing? Say what's up to the people. I can't hear you. You muted yourself or something. I'm going to Chris Graves. Chris. All right. 
So technical difficulties as always, Billy. So what's up, young Kennedy? Um, I've been here on America Unplugged. It's been a wild ride. I listen every uh, every um, uh, Saturday on Don's channel on YouTube. Going to go ahead and plug it here and now. Uh, I don't listen on Rockfin. That's too difficult for me to get there. I'm too old for the technology being a millennial. Uh, but uh, it's good to be, um, you know, in a, such an esteemed panel. And, um, yeah, I guess the world is going to continue getting crazier and crazier as right. time goes on. That's not going to change anytime soon. So. Right, right. Absolutely. Thank you for being here, buddy. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for lending your thoughts and, and uh, your expertise every time you do. Uh, and of course, uh, Mr. Chris Graves, you know, um, along with him and Guard Goldsmith, the newest additions. What's up, Kenzie? I invited Kenzie, but I don't know if she's going to be able to make it. What's up with you? Um, I'm just texting it, her again. I'm texting her. I saw, good, in the, I saw in the Rockfin chat, they were asking, what about women? Did you invite women? Yes, we did. We invited Kenzie. I'm going to reach out again to her. It's cool. Right. Well, we got it. You know, yeah, we need to make a conscious effort. We've had women on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not here today. Uh, but Chris Graves, uh, thank you for being here. Always willing to to. as soon as I said, re say, release the hounds, he goes out and tries to find some article based on something that I'm talking about and try to justify what I'm saying or what Don is saying. Contributed to Don's book and Don's research. Chris Graves, thank you for being there every time we need you. What's up, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. And happy birthday, Don. And uh, thank you. This is a long way from the TFR days, my friend. <laughs> I can't believe it's been 100 episodes already on this planet. Yeah. <clears throat> Congratulations <throat> to everybody. It's gone It's gone down very quickly, I think. All right, let's get to it. I, I sent Guard the link twice. Guard, if you're hearing me, it's there. I hope you can make it. Um, but um, if you can't, um, we're going to miss text you. Guard right now. Yeah, I, yeah thank you. It's on his Twitter. Um, okay, so um, let's talk about some things. We, we have some things we can talk about real quick. We, we of course, have Donald Trump, but we I want to talk about the directed energy weapon theory that's going on in Hawaii. I really want to talk about it. It's all over the place, right? And the thing is, typically, I would poo-poo something like this very quickly, the, the, the theory of, uh, of, because it's what people jump to. You know, in the alternative media, and this is what I'm what we're trying to combat here in in with America Unplugged and propose a different narrative that doesn't necessarily just jump to conclusions without evidence. But the thing is here, they don't know. Uh, admittedly, they have no idea what started these fires, and admittedly, they have some beam that came down from the sky and started something. I I just read this on the mainstream. You know, they're saying that there's some some footage of either lightning or a beam that came down and possibly started something, you know? So I'm like, all right, this is what's going on, you know? And, and uh, they're like, we're going to rebuild, you know, um, I forget the, the, Oh, there he is. Mr. Guard Goldsmith <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> pointing at you guys. What's up guard. How you doing, man? Sorry about that, bro. Um, hey, no problem. I hope I didn't you. hop in too late guys. No, 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 yeah. man. I just, just wanted to tell you one of the, one of the recent additions, man, but it feels like you've been here forever. Like this is Mr. Guard Goldsmith hanging with us, a uh, host over at the David Knight show. He does Liberty conspiracy MRC TV. And of course he's here in America on plug whenever we need him. What's up guard. Say what's up to the people. Hey, thanks for letting me join you. And what's up, people? It's great to be here on the 8,000th anniversary of the program. <laughs> going back to 1946 when we were all going, Hello, can you hear me out there? 
All right, fantastic. So, so we were talking a little bit. I was just starting about the directed energy weapon theory about what's going on in Hawaii, and they're talking about how they're going to rebuild the island. Yeah, or, or Maui. There's a section of Maui. I forget the name of of the of the section that's totaled. And they're like, we're going to rebuild it. And I'm like, of course you're going to rebuild it. You know, with with hotels and and all types of incredible property, right? And they're going to capitalize. Why let a good crisis go to waste, right? This is what they do. Um, but is there any credence to the directed energy weapon theory, right? And the first time I heard this, and, and I, I forget who I spoke about this with, somebody here on a panel, but it was in 9-11. I think it was Charlie. Yeah, I remember mentioned the toasted cars last week, remember? It was yeah. you. It was it was Chris Graves. That's who it was. It was the, the directed energy weapon theory. Yeah. Um, and and uh, during 9-11, uh, Judy Wood, not during, but after, you know what I mean? Judy Wood came up with the theory of the directed energy weapon. And that's the first time I heard of it, you know, and then it's been used throughout. But is there any credence to it here? I'm going to Charlie first. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to because uh, then I'm going to Don, actually, because Don has to go. It's his birthday. He's going to go do his thing. So I'm going to Charlie first. What's up, Charlie? Tell me something. Well, I'll tell you, I was just there in October. Right. In Lahaina. It's my favorite place in the world. Been going there since I was a kid. Um, the island of Maui in general has very, it's very important in my life. It always has been. I spent my, you know, it was, I was turning 50 this year and we said, they said, well, where do we want to go? And they said, your, your turn to pick like wherever I said, it's gotta be Maui. Right. I, I, we, you know, we've got to go back. I haven't been in a while and we went and we did the things and, you know, it's such an amazing town. Lahaina's brilliant. I mean, the, it's been there for, I remember when we were parking, we were walking by a school and on the side of the school, it says, um, I forget the name of the school. It was like established 1906, you know, like, dang, like, you know, I wonder, you know, that must've been tough to concentrate and physics or, 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 you know, history class when you're looking out the, you're looking out the window and you're like, how are the waves? You know, I remember th thinking about that when we parked in order to catch a ferry or catch a boat to in Lahaina to go out and, and go to uh, Lanai across the, the channel. We parked in, in the residential area because you kind of had to. And we walked through all those houses and, you know, it's like, wow, what a, what a trip it would be to live here. You know, I mean, it's all touristy a block that way, but here's where the real people live. And, you know, it, it was like it just seemed like a, such a, you know, such an amazing place. And I feel physically sick watching what happened there. And I I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on. I desperately don't want to I, please give me a reason not to suspect anything right but you know they had those warning sirens that went off when there was an inbound missile from north korea remember that a couple <laughs> of years ago right. people were freaking out going into storm drains <laughs> trying to get away from it so it worked fine then what happened now now it just magically didn't turn on oh mistakes were made right I get that very Rumsfeldian feel to this whole thing <laughs> where they're going to look back on it and go, we're charting a course forward. Mistakes were made warning systems that we invested money and time. It didn't go off. We turned, we accidentally turned the water off. Sorry about, we forgot to let people 
getting a bad feeling mm-hmm. and I'm really trying to not, and I'm really trying to be even keeled about this. I tried to do that in any way, but especially with something as emotional as this for me, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but you know, watch last American vagabonds uh, show on this when Ryan Christian did a breakdown of the, 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 the group that's in charge of directed energy. Where are they? Where are they? Where's their, where are they based? Yeah. They're based in Maui. Mm. We've got Chinese mapping a couple of months ago, right? That story that broke, it even went out over like the mainstream media. Like there's some, something going on, laser lights from the sky coming down from some Chinese satellite. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much of it. If it's on the mainstream, I'm already discounting it. But, mm-hmm. but, but again, it's just the data point. And you start to add all these things together and then, and it doesn't mean anything a month ago, but all of a sudden you start to go, wait a second, these dots are, there's dots. Am Mm -hmm. I going to connect them? I don't want to, I really don't want to, but, and again, there is that old adage, never attribute to malice that which you can attribute to incompetency. Right. And we've got incompetent government officials. There's undeniable about that. But then the incident commander from Vegas, the Vegas shooting shows up. Okay. 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 All right. Hang on a second. Now I was willing to give you guys incompetence. I'm starting to question that. I'm starting to think there's something there. So look, I don't know. It's early. We'll dig into this. Something tells me Chris Graves will find an article that nobody else in the world found from eight years ago that everybody missed. And he he's like, oh, I've got this thing. <laughs> I mean, I know that it's kind of, we're, we're, this isn't going to go away. And, and I, and my heart breaks for the people there. It's such a, they have such an unusual relationship with the United States as well. I had a guy named Alika Spawn Naihi on my um, show a couple years ago. He's the guy that created the artwork for my, my macroaggressions logo. He's a, oh. he's a Hawaiian native. And we talked about that in an episode called the dark history of the Aloha state about how it became, how Hawaii fell into the United States hands in the first place. It ain't good. It's a bad story. Okay. And so, the relationship that the native people have with the Americans is, well, it's sort of, um, it, it works until it doesn't. And we're in a situation now where I think that the the locals there are asking questions and I'm afraid of the answers that they might wind up finding. Right, man. And and, and the rest of, uh, of the world is asking questions along with them, you know, and, uh, a lot of times I, I feel, you know, apprehensive to buy in because I don't see I don't see the evidence for what's being spoken about. But this is a little bit too hard to ignore. Um, and and yeah, we're all speculating right now because we don't know what happened. But damn it, man. Um, when uh, when even the mainstream is telling you they don't know what happened, then I mean, come on. Right. It's it's fair to at least uh, to at least uh Take the sailboats to Speculation Island. What's up, Jimmy Jean? And, and see what's going on there and, and see what's going, what's happening. Don Jeffries, what's up, sir? We're coming to you. Are you taking off after this? Uh, I'll probably get, and I'll, I may come back though. But yeah, no, I, I think that uh, <clears throat> this is very similar to what we saw when Epstein killed himself, where uh, pretty much no one believed it. it was openly, you know, mm-hmm. mocked about. I see my wife was on TikTok the other day and she was, she was talking about it. They were talking about it there. I mean, so this is this is so obvious that uh, people in the uh, <clears throat> YouTube chat have been bringing up lots of good points. Uh, 
number one, obviously how, and, and we saw this in the California fires as well. And that's why people started making up, you know, yeah. theories about laser beams and stuff because they are, they have a lot of oddities to them where uh, trees aren't burning or houses next to each other. In this case, trees weren't burning right next to incinerated houses that I don't know. And then they, they brought some alleged scientists out saying, well, you know, water, there's trees are full of water. I, I don't know. I, I've never heard that in my <laughs> life, but apparently trees are full of water. So I guess that explains it. Well, why don't you chop open a tree then? Cause apparently it turned the water off there uh, and help. But I mean, and you have all these reports that, that uh, again, there's brought up in the chat of, of police blocking evacuations. Why, why would they do that? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And uh, all these uh, these comments made from uh, some big Hawaiian official about uh, the land and getting money for it and stuff. And apparently this was a land grab, too. I don't know what to make of it, but as always, uh, you can't take anything at face value. And this is another example. Now, if they if they do say if they do blame it, this on anything, it would obviously be on climate change. But we know climate change is is uh, is geoengineering. <clears throat> so if they wanted this to happen, it happened for a reason. But like Charlie, I feel uh, bad for the people that are there. But there's so many questions about this. So again, why why would police block evacuation? Why would that guy make that comment? The the official about the land, and apparently uh, they're. There was it Biden while, while giving 113 billion new billions or whatever to Ukraine. He's offering everybody in Hawaii seven hundred dollars. That sounds like what we get here. You know, same kind of stuff. Well, they're Americans. Right. So that's what you get. Here's your here's your check. Seven hundred dollars. That'll go a long way. But uh, so yeah, no, nobody's looking good in this. But clearly it's, uh, you know, there's their reason. There's no reason to believe these people have no credibility. They lie about everything. So why would we think they're telling the truth here? And until they explain some of these things, I mean, first and foremost, just explain why why police would block people from evacuating. I mean, what that that's you know they're trying to get them killed. I mean, what sense does that make? So uh, that's the, those are the questions that need to be asked. I don't know how many people will be asking them, but uh, we'll be asking them uh, on on shows like this for sure. Fantastic, absolutely, Don. I, I agree one hundred. All right, take it easy, Don. Thank you, sir. I'll be back. No problem. Guard Goldsmith, what do you got, sir? What are you thinking about all this? It's always interesting to hear guard's guard take on all of this. Well, if you're uh, over to, What's up, buddy? You know, Billy Ray, I, I'm reminded here of uh, when I picked up David Icke's The Trigger. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, phenomenal book about 9-11. And you go so much detail and so on. Really, really good. And um, uh, one of the things that crosses my mind, is, you know, from an ethical or economic standpoint or anything like that, these fit certain patterns. When we think about triggers, it's not just that a trigger is something that can set something off, you know, some explosive device. A trigger has got to be built and it has to be pulled. And so what I'm seeing here is whether this is um, one thing I'll say is if the members of the World Economic Forum mention a location anywhere near you that is going to be one of their cities of the future or one of their test areas yeah, for man. their green agenda, get out as quickly as possible. <laughs> right. That's a bad idea. And yeah. this is exactly what, what happened in that area on Maui. Lahaina was clearly uh, populated by a lot of the people who were natives. And uh, I dated for quite a while a young woman whose father comes from Hawaii. And Charlie, you, 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 uh, probably very well aware of this. The locals, uh, in addition to the incentives of some of the people to go in and grab land, whether it be uh, from the top down World Economic Forum stuff or incentivizing people to become part of that and try to take over or whatever, 
um, the locals, the natives, the, the, and, and we still literally have people who were alive at the time that that island was taken over by the U.S. They're still alive, right? This is within their lifetimes. They, their property taxes are much lower than anybody else's. If you're a native and you are part of that native, native group, your property, so the, the, the incentives for the municipalities to get those people out of there and get them to sell that land, that's one area. So you get perverse incentives on the part of the government to clear those people out, just like the Kelo decision in Connecticut. Get those people out, bring in some corporate entity. We're going to get bigger tax, tax money. Then you've got all the other aspects of it, which have to do with uh, the way that it's managed. So even if there aren't malicious and nefarious direct intentions of those people there, you've got a setup where you've got a guy. What was this guy's name? The so-called natural resources guy, M. Khalil Manuel, talking about they literally have a natural resources director for people. Now, if that doesn't give anybody a clue to say, hey, guess what? There's a guy overlording natural resources for us on this island. He's making the decisions for all of us about how much we value water, who can use it, when we can use it. The guy controlled the water. He didn't turn the friggin' water on. I mean, the, the very concept that you have a government official running the water is it, already, regardless of what happens after the fact, the practical outcome of it, the moral, the immorality of it, the imposition of that should be a, just a clear barrier right there. No, you don't have that. So we've seen here these these acceptances of people to accept this top down mentality for years in Hawaii, whether it was imposed by the government or was some of the, the, the locals taking advantage of what the government did and getting involved, because that guy, M. Kaleo, whatever his name is, he's a descendant of a native as well. So I think whether it's malicious people who are directly getting involved now and pulling the trigger, the trigger has been built over decades. And part of it is the acceptance of the idea that the government can run all these things. And rather than allowing for free people to have private property, to manage the land and be liable if they don't friggin' manage their land, which the government has no incentive and they let that go. So whether it was accidental and the fires started because the electrical lines were screwed up and they put them over the grasslands, which should have been cut, but the government runs the lands and the government runs the power lines. The whole system shows me that you do not want to have overseers in a slave Hawaiian mentality applied anywhere around the world. And this is exactly what has happened in Hawaii, whether it was done because people said, okay, let's do it. Or it was done because of just absolute government neglect. Wow. Uh, either one is just ridiculous. Wow. In incredible. Incredible guard. Give me a second. Uh, Charlie, do you have to go? I do. All right. Say goodbye to the people, sir. Goodbye to the people. But uh, everyone on this panel, just about everyone I'll see you in New York City. Anyone listening, get to New York City. <laughs> September 9th. We're doing it. Free World NYC. Go to eventbrite.com. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate you, buddy. Come on out. We'll see you all there. Thanks for having me. A hundred. You don't look a hundred. You don't look a hundred. You guys look pretty good. Appreciate (laughs) you, Charlie. (laughs) Later, buddy. Take it easy. Yo, it was nice of Charlie to stop by, man. Charlie's been doing this since like 10 a.m. He's just going. And we started late here today. Um, But uh, but he, he uh, he didn't give me any pushback, nothing. He's like, I'll be there. 
Um, and I had to invite him because otherwise, you know, I'd be pissed if he didn't invite me. So, um, all right, Tony, what are you thinking about all of this, man? Well, I mean, I, I looking at what Charlie said, I mean, it's hard not to ascribe some sort of nefarious conspiracy to major events anymore. If you know anything about history, I mean, I was talking to my son the other day about um, the idea that the Joint Chiefs of Staff had to nuke the moon back in the 50s. That was a document that was uncovered. I released uh, probably by accident over the last uh, 10 or 15 years where, you know, they, they thought they would show that they had weapon superiority by detonating an atomic weapon on the moon. So again, what is, what are they, um, what are, what are they thinking? You know, and that's the thing is if you, if you look at um, history and again, um, is it a real estate play? You know, Jim Mars had a, a great question about 9-11. He said, was it just really a real estate play at the end of the day? It was Lucky Larry, Larry Silverstein uh, and his partners. Or what, what were they just trying to get paid? Was it an insurance part of an insurance scam? I mean, every episode of Scooby-Doo always ends with the uh, the guy was the monster was a, was a real estate developer. So if you talk about the, whatever uh, the 15 minute cities are, Trump calls them freedom cities. If you want to uh, build back better. You have to first destroy something. So again, it, it doesn't necessarily mean every event because life is complicated. They can't control everything. Not everything uh, is connected to something nefarious. There are accidents. There's there's glitches in the matrix. There's all sorts of weird things that could happen in life. But I would look at this and and ask the question: Are are they? Is that beneath them? You know, when you have, uh, I mean, proven fact that they are doing something to the climate. There's geoengineering. You can literally go up, and if you're not staring down at your phone like they want you to if you look up in the sky and you can see that that's going on i mean it's well documented i mean going back decades and decades of, of geoengineering and weather modification that's happening that's that's happening without your consent so uh, what else is happening without your consent i mean again uh, you, whether they're testing things on you with with bacteria like brucellosis that came out of fort detrick or the uh the, the stuff that the army used to spray on people in san francisco back in the 50s to, test out uh, aerosol, uh, you know, uh, bioweapons and things like that. There's there's tons of evidence to show that they'll they will do just about anything uh, under the sun to to further an agenda. Whether or not that's happening here is an open question. And we, we don't want to always you, you you deny yourself credibility at the end of the day when if you always jump on the worst case scenario, you got to be careful not to do that. Let the let the evidence build up. But again, you there's a ton of evidence. Somebody was saying in the chat, like they turned the water off. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, like there was no, there's no water to fight the fires. The same thing that happened in California a few years ago. Um, people talk about the same thing. Like, is that a directed energy weapon? Cause you have all these areas burned up and then all of a sudden there's be, there'd be houses with not even a blade of grass that's burned. Like, how does that even happen? That doesn't seem like a, a raging forest fire. It seems like a directed attack of some kind. Again, we don't know. Um, but if history is your guide, if you're looking at all the things that that the planners do, yeah. by the way, uh, if you're a planner, right, you consider yourself a god. If you're Yuval Harari, if you're the part of the World Economic Forum or or, or Klaus Schwab or one of these one of these uh, elite degenerates, you know, with the, the soulless automatons for Satan. If you think that you're uh, a planner and you think that people are useless eaters to quote Henry Kissinger or to quote Yuval Harari that human beings are hackable animals then what does that make you it makes you a farmer and you just have to move some things around I mean it it's all justified if you're a farmer and you're trying to help Gaia and Mother Earth and you're 
you know, again, this is the the elites have their own religion, right? They have their own belief systems. You're just in the way. And so I don't I don't put anything past them. I think the the evidence will speak for itself. I mean, well, there's a lot of great journalism going on here with right. all these events, but there's so much happening to us at once. It's hard to keep up with it. Right. I mean, I looked at the, the headline of Summit.News today, right before we went live. There's a New York Times article coming out. This is not really related, but it kind of is because this is the times we're living in. Half a million estimated casualties on the Ukrainian side. Half a million. If you know anything about warfare, that's staggering. That is insane. In modern, in modern times, half a million? And that's, that's going to be coming out in the New York Times uh, from an ins insider in the U.S. and analyst in the U.S. government. So uh, we're living in uh, this. It's hard to keep up with everything. So, no, I, I, my, my, at first glance, if it's a major event, I, don't, I think it's planned. FDR said that, and I happen to agree with that notion. That's genocidal, bro. Half a mil. Those are those are big numbers, man. Um, Johnny, what you got over there, man? I'm interested in hearing your opinion about this. You and I haven't spoken about this at all. You're muted, by the way. I know um, I am. Oh. Um, okay, so I mean, not more than what everybody else has said. I'm looking at it very skeptically. Uh, what's happening in Maui, and um, I've heard about the uh, elective official uh, not allowing them to take water. Uh, from the nearby uh, rivers and streams to be able to fight the fire, uh, which again, like I also watched a video where uh, a person who uh, was homeless who had lived in Maui was discussing how the police were were uh, nodding, not allowing people to. Um, they had to kind of had them like barricade and not allowing them to drive away. Uh, from where the fires were happening and he just kept walking uh, because obviously he's walking and, and not driving right and then um, he happened to look back a while later after he heard explosions and saw that the fire had um, started to uh, ignite some cars within the relative area uh, and so you know the, the cops were they you know was it again like when it when it comes down to all this uh, how much is malfeasance, but how much of it is order, you know, directive orders, uh, you know, and with any event, we'll never truly know uh, exactly what that percentage of. We'll never exactly know what percentage is controlled or live or what percentage is, is um, um, kind of with a lack of a better word staged, uh, you know, and so I think most events have had. Uh, a certain percentage of um, uncontrolled variables. Most uh, conspiracy theorists tend to give elites almost um, godlike status uh, in their ability to control and plan events. Um, and not not being said that most of these events are probably planned decades, if not centuries, before they occur in some degree, depending on what it is. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we have to realize that they're, 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 you know, I mean, ultimately God's in control, in my opinion. And there's things that they have that they can't, they're, they're, they, they can't, um, they, they don't have contingencies for every single um, uh, avenue. And whether or not what we see, because we are in some sort of Cambridge Analytica 2.0, there's always been an info war. 
uh, uh, going on. You know, uh, Flint calls it the we're, we're in fifth generational warfare right Yuck. now. Right? right. And there's a lot of that rife within the alternative media. And a lot of people mean well, you know, and, and they share um, memes or pictures that aren't even from the event. But when you really look into them, you find out, OK, this isn't really from what's going on. This is from a previous previous uh, fire or whatever. Um, you know, and so there's a lot of, of, of misinformation, which most time misinformation is, is not done on purpose or disinformation is purposely done on purpose. That's released by, you know, the government agencies, uh, to muddy the waters. And in reality, uh, none of us know, um, fully the story of Maui, just like we don't know fully the story of, uh, 9-11, uh, and every single person that was involved. I mean, we can speculate and, and realize that something's not adding up here. And of course, something is not adding up here when it comes to Maui. Um, I'm not saying that it is. And I don't believe that it's the narrative that they're trying to push where it's primarily based of all these fires all of a sudden this this summer of fires in 2023 being man-made climate change and it's all uh uh you know the cause of man-made climate change um it just that doesn't you know it doesn't seem right with me because that seems to be what a majority of the uh, world elite think tanks, whether it's the World Economic Forums or United Nations, uh, it seems to be what what they're pushing, right? So, you know, I, I don't think it's that. I will say that there are fires that are probably set by man and there are fires that are probably caused um, in some ways by, you know, government and corptocracy type uh, pollution, obviously. Uh, there's arsonists. Yes, they exist. Uh, but to say squarely that every single fire is blamed on man-made climate change, well, that seems to be a controlled narrative uh, that's put forth to uh, get people to accept it by continuously hearing it and believe it and to get people on board with, uh, you know, the agendas that they keep trying to push back. Right. You know, agenda uh you know, 2020, Agenda 2030, Agenda 2040, or however, and kind of use it as a boogeyman, you know? I mean, I'm not denying that various corporations around the world and, and, and various um, governments and even people to some degree, we all contribute to somewhat um, uh, a pollution and, and, you know, the earth that God has created. But to primarily blame the people and not blame the governments or the elite that are doing it. It's just insanity. It's just insanity. Um, and so, I mean, with Maui, we'll never truly know what happened. Uh, I do believe it's likely probably some sort of directed energy weapon. Uh, but really, we won't know. We won't know. Um, and they'll spin whatever and they'll put out whatever they need to control the narrative. Um, and ultimately that's what they're going to accomplish here is to drive this and whatever, even if it was natural or man caused or directed energy weapon elite caused, um, they're going to steer it into the narrative into whatever, uh, means that they feel necessary to do so. And so far it looks like to, uh, set us up for some sort of, uh, uh green agenda, uh, it right, looks like, fantastic. which they've been doing that for a while. So thank you, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Um, Wayne, I'm going to come to you. Give me a second, Wayne. All right. All right, man. We got Mr. David Knight joining us, sir. Um, so, so, um, David, guys, how you doing, David? Doing good. Congratulations. Well, thank you for being here for one. Oh, um, I know, you know, guard and Tony, of course, but uh, yeah. this is Wayne McCroy, Chris Graves and John Brissom, uh, oh, who, uh, who are, you know, integral parts of what we do here at, on, uh, America Unplugged, but I, I, wa I wanted to have, first off, I've, I've wanted to have you on the show for, for some time now, but 
we didn't want to pull the trigger. I feel I felt like this was an important time, it is. you know, but but uh, I've told you this before and um, and I mean it. But I think I think David is the real tip of the spear here. If, if you're going to look for real, real, genuine, honest reporting, whether you agree with it or not, David's going to give you the real. Right. And, and, and this is what we're trying to do here on America Unplugged. So I, I, I reached out to Mr. Knight and, uh, and I asked him to come on today. And he was gracious enough to accept. So, so th- thank you for being here, sir. Everybody oh, knows really who you are. So just that, that is that is so kind. Thank you. I, I don't think that I do anything special. I've just, you know, been doing it for a while. And um, like you said, whether people agree with me or not, I'll tell you what I think, honestly, right. and I'll tell you why I think it. That's my whole thing is I always hated mainstream media that always had the same narrative about everything. <laughs> it was very, 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 very thin. I much preferred people who had strong opinions and would tell you why they thought that way. And so that's what I've tried to do. Well, telling the truth nowadays is a revolutionary act. Yeah, it is. So uh, is. that's that's uh, we, you're, it's I'm, I commend you, sir. And thank you for coming on. Uh, we're talking about directed energy weapons in, in, uh, in uh, Hawaii. And I know you mm-hmm. spoke about that during your broadcast. We're going to go to Wayne McCroy first. Then we're going to circle back to the rest. Chris Graves still has to go. And we're going to let you go uh, real quick. Uh, sure. David, thank you so much. Wayne, what's up? What do you got on this? All right. First, I want to say thank you very much, David Knight, for all of the hard work you've put in. Really? The sole reason I watched InfoWars for as long Seriously. as I did. When you left, <laughs> that's when I stopped watching. Right. So well, much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, strap on your tinfoil hats, kids, because nobody else wanted to go there, but I will. So here we go. The whole situation in Hawaii, what's going on with that? I do think they're were quite possibly directed energy weapons involved because these are actual things that do exist. And I do have documentation of them and I'll be breaking that down later uh, on my podcast later. Uh, But aside from that, I would like to take a look at some of the esoteric tells here, the occult narrative behind all of it, because in my estimation, from what I see, there's an occult aspect to this whole thing. And, of course, it's all about the death and rebirth idea, the phoenix, if you will, the rising from the ashes. They burn these places down with fire in order to rebuild. It's all about destruction and rebuilding. So coming at this from the occult point of view, what we're seeing is a planned demolition of sorts. They do plan on building some new infrastructure there in Hawaii. And I think this was hinted at for quite a long time. And I think it's just part and parcel of many of the other aspects of things we're seeing going on in society right now. It's pattern recognition. If you go back and you take a look back at the events of 2020, how did we start out 2020? Do you remember? Australia was on fire. Remember? So we're seeing a lot of the same stuff happening here. And in my view, from the things I see out there circulating around in the esoteric realm of things, From what I could tell, it looks like they're going to be trying to pull some of the same stunts that they pulled back in 2020. So I suspect coming up this fall, we may see some other situation that they try to leverage an invisible boogeyman of sorts to control people and keep them in the mindset of possible lockdowns, maybe climate change lockdowns or some such thing. There's been talk of this. They're all over mainstream news with this kind of stuff. But this goes back to those esoteric belief systems, to the occult belief systems of these elitist class that run this place. 
And it's a very dark kind of an agenda that they have in mind with this. So we see all of these questionable things going on there in Hawaii with this response. And it just so happens that the guy that handled the Vegas shooting aftermath happens to be there again, another controlled uh, type of a player in this situation, handling the response to this. And from what I see, this looks to me like it's some type of an occult ritual of sorts, because from what I understand, from what I've seen and heard about this, they sent the children home from school without their parents' knowledge, and they stayed there at the house, and many of them were burned alive, from what I understand. Jesus Christ, God bless. Wow. That, that's what one of the mainstream stories that I saw is talking about. So if that's the case, I mean, you're talking, this is straight out of the Bible. Uh, this type of an idea. And I find it even more concerning when you go back and you look just a few years back. I, I would urge you go back and watch the Disney movie Moana, the ending of Moana. I don't know if you guys remember it or you've seen it. Well, at the end of the movie, the lava god being, I forget what his name is or whatever, comes alive and burns the island. But at the end of the movie, the island is reborn, brand new, renewed by fire, and that's one of the occultists' main things. They use fire. They consider themselves the philosophers of fire, and through the use of the fire, all nature is perfectly renewed and restored. Uh, this relates back to one of the things that's attributed to being placed on the cross of Jesus Christ, Inri, and I forget what the exact translation is, but it means through fire all things are renewed, to perfection. So this is the kind of thing that I uh, suspect may be going on there. So that being the case, I have my suspicions about this because the occult tells have been out there for a long time now circulating. And like I said, I, I strap on your tinfoil hat, kids. <laughs> I do reserve the right to be totally wrong about this stuff. Me, it seems to me it's been out there for a yeah. long time. And these are the types of bits of data points that I look for in these types of things. They seem to be non-related, but I assure you the myth representation and the archetype is what is leveraged on to affect the human mind in so many ways. And it's being done here. So it's all about this renewal idea through the fire there in Hawaii. And I will go ahead and let somebody else speak now because I think I've said about enough there. <laughs> no, that's that's fantastic. Hey, um, Chris, give me a second. I want you to react to what David Knight has to say. I want to throw it to him. Um, I know you spoke about this on your show just a little bit, but what are you thinking about it after uh, getting a little bit more info about what's what's going on down there? What are your overall thoughts? Well, you know, when we look at this, and I agree with what Wayne said in terms of the occult always being there in these larger programs. Uh, there's a lot of people talk about the bloodlines and the Illuminati and things like that. But really, the thing that sustains all this is that there is uh, an occultic uh, supernatural force. You know, Satan is taking this from generation to generation. It may be a lot of the same families. It may be other people that are brought in, as we're starting to see now, yeah. uh, new individuals taking the lead. But uh, the bottom line is, it's one of the reasons why people say, well, th this looks like this is organized. Well, it is. It's always been organized. It's always been organized for the slavery, the enslavement, and the uh, depopulation of humans to, to kill everyone. Uh, that's fundamentally what's underneath it. And when we talk about false flags, 
You know, the prototypical false flag really was the Reichstag fire, right? Going back to that. This is something that they pull all the time. And as Wayne was talking about the connection to Vegas, this is one of the reasons why I've been reluctant to say uh, what caused the fire. I focus on why, uh, what are they trying to do in the aftermath? Uh, what are they trying to accomplish? You know, when I look at this and beyond Hawaii, for the longest time, I've seen Agenda 21 as essentially the Indian reservation system uh, with new technology. And uh, by that, if you understand what they did to, to control the Indians, they constantly took them off the land. And uh, just as they planned to do for the longest time with Agenda 21, of course, they made it more specific in terms of details and timing when they called it Agenda 2030, around 2015, I believe. And, and so they got very specific about what they wanted to do and when they wanted to do it. And, and I, I think that's the key thing that we need to focus on. And when you look at these fires, regardless of how they start, the bigger question is, why can't you put them out? Why are they so difficult to put out? Right. And it is intentionally leaving around, uh, if you will, uh, fuel uh, for the fire. I've seen this over and over again. I've talked many times about my father, who is a, a forestry professor, who is head of the forestry department at the University of uh, Missouri in Columbia. And he told me when they were changing this stuff, he says they're going from a stewardship model to an environmentalism model where you worship the land and you don't touch anything. He says it's going to burn. Uh, if you don't take out the dead wood, it's going to burn. And we've seen that over and over again. Even here in Tennessee, in the Smoky uh, Mountains National Park, very uh, luscious green area. And yet when they had high winds and they had a, a wildfire, it did extensive damage. So even in the uh, areas that have a pretty good rainfall, uh, you see this all the time. That's what a lot of people were saying about Hawaii. But I think the key thing is when we look at this, and one thing that makes me shy away from jumping into the cause of all of this is uh, going back again to the Vegas fire. It was, uh, I'd only had my program at that point in time a couple of months, and Steve Pachinik came on my program and said, nobody died. I said, well, you can't say that. I don't, you know, typically when you look at a false flag, it's more effective if people die. It gets people far more uh, upset about things if people die. And, and so he was trying to set me up. I mean, this is after the Sandy Hook stuff and everything. And, and, and so he was trying to set me up with that. And we have to be careful that we don't uh, go beyond what we know. And what we do know is that they want to take everything from us. They want to destroy things and rebuild it back, as Wayne said. Uh, there is a cultic aspect of this, passing the children through the fire, like sacrificing the Moloch, send them home, burn them that type of thing. They, they want to kill our kids. They want to destroy everything that we have. They want to build a new system with us enslaved to them, uh, monitor with everything that we do. That's what we need to focus on. We need, and I think the best template, the best way for people to understand this is to go back and look at what our government has already done to the, uh, the American Indians back in the 1800s. Isolate them, take away their ability to earn a living, concentrate them into an area. That is all the smart city, the Agenda 2030 stuff. That's all being reproduced except with uh, high technology. So that's, that's my concern about it. Yeah, it is occultic, and the occultic uh, people love fire. <laughs> they're going to get lots of it eventually, aren't they? <laughs> Absolutely, man. I want to ask you one more question before we go to Chris Graves, people, and we can transition over to this. And I want, I want Chris's opinion on both these things. So keep in mind what we're saying. Um, they're talking about the COVID lockdowns. Yeah. Right. And, and th that it's going to come back, right. It's, it's all over the alternative media. Uh, there's a new variant coming out of Canada. Uh, my mom told me uh, a few days ago and she's not, she's not, you know, into the alternative media, but she's like, hey, COVID's coming back. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I told her, hey, like, you know, relax. It's, it's no big deal. Just take it easy. Just, just, don't don't panic. There's no need to panic. But I didn't think it was a big deal. I think she just, but she heard it because of the mainstream. So the mainstream is is pushing it. And and now it's it's a big thing in the alternative movement. People are talking about lockdowns coming back mm-hmm. in uh, in October. I don't I don't I don't know. Then again, I didn't think it was going to happen initially, right? Yeah. So you would have thought people would be that crazy, yeah. right? But what do you think about that, David? Well, I said all along, I said it's not won. We haven't won. We had people like Scott Adams saying, "Okay, okay, you won. Uh, you know, you got lucky. You mm-hmm. you uh, you could have gone two different ways and went the right way. You don't know what you're. No, we knew exactly what was happening." There was absolutely no question about it. The beginning of all this, Scott Adams was saying, um, uh, he said, it's getting harder and harder to distinguish the liberty lovers or freedom lovers from sociopaths. And I said, it's getting harder. And I replied, I said, it's getting harder and harder to distinguish the pragmatists from totalitarians. And so, you know, that that's where Scott Adams has been. And I said at the time, as everybody was saying, oh, look, we got him on the run. I said, no, they've hit the pause button. Because people had gotten fed up. They weren't wearing the mask anymore. They realized that it wasn't effective. And, and so they come back and say, you can't fire me, I quit, type of thing. And I said, unless and until we come back and we say, never again, and we encode that into law, they will bring it back. And, of course, they've been working very hard at not only consolidating the power usurpation that they've got at the uh, – uh, the, the bureaucracy, the local bureaucracy, state bureaucracy, federal bureaucracy, they're consolidating, leaving that there. That is getting set in concrete as a precedent. And at the same time, they're adding new powers at the international level with the World Health Organization and the, um, the health rules that they've pushed through that bureaucracy, which are really kind of the, the leading edge and even uh, as important or more important than the treaty itself, because if they make their rules um, uh, binding on us, you know, as part of the treaty and, and the rules are going to uh, establish their power to do this. It's the same type of thing we saw going back to 2001, you know, two months before you had 9-11, you had the dark winter uh, games. That was the first one of these germ games that, that culminated in 2019 fall. But they practice this kind of stuff every year, every year. There's some kind of a uh, you know, some pandemic and they've got to lock everybody down and keep you locked down until they rush a, a experimental vaccine out and require everybody to get it. So they did that simulation two months before 9-11, one week after they had the anthrax false flag attack. And I say false flag uh, again. So many people say, well, false flag means nobody died. No, they had people who really died, but they blamed it on Iraq. And, uh, and then they eventually blamed it on another patsy uh, who, uh, could not have done it, but I won't get into the details of that. And then two months later, they put out the Model State Health Emergency Powers Act to tell the states to enact legislation to give them the power to do what they did in 2020. So for, they lay that legal f- framework there. Uh, they have um, taken actions. And by leaving that framework there, by taking the actions, and if we don't do anything to overturn that, uh, we have our feet in concrete and it's hardening right now. And then they're going to shove us off the deck. Uh, into the water because that's what they're doing. They establish these patterns, they establish their laws and their treaties, and we don't do anything about it. And we don't do anything about what they did to us in 2020. They're going to do it again. It's just a matter of time, and they're already talking about it. Damn, man, I sincerely hope not, but I, I hear it. Chris Graves, I want your thoughts on both those issues, Hawaii and the COVID thing, and then we, the panel, can ask David some questions if we want. What's up, Chris? All right, I'll just make it nice and short. Um, I remember last week telling you how 
the cars that were all burned up and melted in Hawaii. Yes, sir. I'm not saying it was directed energy because I don't know. I don't have the evidence for that. But I just made an observation last week that it reminded me of the toasted cars around the World Trade Center on 9-11 that also were just melted. And they had paper all around them that the paper wasn't on fire, but all these cars were just melted. And then I saw the compare, I compared the different photos and everything from nine 11 and with Hawaii. And they look almost, they look identical to me, you know, and I'm not an engineer. So take that for what it, what it is, but uh, going back to the occult aspect of, uh, you know, the child sacrifice stuff, was it just me or was it kind of weird that John Podesta crawled out from whatever hole he's been hiding in to make a statement last week about Hawaii? Damn, like, did anyone else see this? Because Yeah, or, he likes the hot dog stands on Hawaii, doesn't he? That's right, yeah. And, and the cold words and everything. So I could totally buy that, you know, with the whole child sacrifice thing coming into the narrative. And then uh, we, we found out that over 100 cars were blocked by police officers from escaping. And I also, John, I also saw the homeless individual that was talking about the cars starting to blow up and and people were stuck in their cars and they weren't allowed to leave. The water was turned mm-hmm. off and we got the guy, one of the guys from Vegas, the Vegas cover up. And that's a big cover up. Now he's in charge down there and we got videos of people you know, going up to him saying, we want to know the truth and things like that. And him just smirking and laughing and everything. <laughs> Pretty disgusting. So that's uh, my observations with all this. Just a lot of weird stuff. I'm not saying it's directed energy stuff, but to say that that technology doesn't exist, which I've heard some people try to try to say that. Oh, science fiction. Yeah, no, no, it's not science fiction. And I think, Billy, you actually brought up the fact that one of the major directed energy uh, locations was in Maui. Was it you or Charlie? I think it was Charlie that did it. That did okay. it. Well, it was brought up, but I'm yeah. just saying. So that technology is out there, and you got harp up in Alaska, you know. So it's not science fiction. So that's my soapbox on that. So well, and the COVID you, thing, New York Post. Yeah. I just noticed they're they're putting out articles t- asking the question: Should we be wearing our masks right now no, in the middle of the summer <laughs> for this new variant? So oh, that's that. It is what it is. Here, We're going to keep going and on and on if we don't do, you know, do something to stop all this nonsense. I suspect that this time they'll get some pushback on this, even from liberal cities, <laughs> even from people in New York. I think people are fed up here for the most part, um, and not everybody. There's a lot of people that still wear masks today, but I think uh, there's a lot of people that don't want to go back to this. They don't want to lose any money. I think they're going to get some pushback. Hey, um, we have David Knight here. Anybody have any questions for the man? Now's the time to do it. What's up, Johnny? What you got? No, I, I, I mean, the only question I have for you, David, is have you ever heard of the Council for National Policy by chance, sir? I'm just curious if you ever ran, ran across that. Uh, I know Don Jeffries wrote an article on them, so I'm just curious <laughs> if you ever had ever heard about that or not. What was that for national policy? The Council for National Policy. They're like the right wing antithesis of the Council on Foreign Relations. No, I haven't. Haven't heard of them. Okay. Um, might be something you might want to look into. Yeah. A lot of uh, yeah. um, uh, people on the right, a lot of neoconservatives. Dick Cheney was a member on the uh, Council on uh, Council for National Policy. Um, Trump actually spoke to them while he was president in 2020, uh, mm-hmm. which was something that has uh, n- never happened uh, before. Uh, Mike Pence is also a member 
Uh, so a lot of the people that you discuss with your issues with what I call the conservatives, because uh, the right doesn't um, represent any conservative people or any right-leaning libertarians or any Christians, really. They kind of just, you know, it's kind of like one world order is one bird, two wings, pretty much. Yeah. And so the CMP, they claim, they claim they're a conservative Christian organization. It's anything but, like half of the Project New American Century, for example, was roughly CMP members, and the other half was roughly CFR members. They've been involved in the Franklin scandal, uh, the Rancontra affair, um, and uh, a lot of the uh, control. Um, we saw um, a lot of the protests that were out there during the COVID pandemic um, were uh, put forth by uh, American frontline doctors. Uh, which kind of seemed controlled and astroturfed in a lot of ways, where Dr. Simone Gold herself is a member of the Council for National Policy. So it's kind of like the way looking at the CFR is more um, communist, where the CMP is more Fabian socialist in that regard. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, I'm the Project for a New American Century, Council on Foreign Relations, very familiar with those. I've, I've looked a lot at the uh, uh, ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council. That's That's typically where they'll grab state representatives and treat them, you know, have a nice convention, treat them to a good time and give them some model legislation and say, here, take this back and put this in, in place. And so we see a lot of those aspects of it. Uh, but yeah, it is interesting to see the people who are going to be a, a part of these organizations. And, and let me uh, just mention a couple of things like we were talking about before and clarify, you know, we're talking about Vegas. You know, there's a lot of suspicious stuff there. And we were talking about all that. And that's one of the reasons why I think that, you know, you have somebody come in and you have to always be on guard when you're, you're getting close to this and you're, and you're showing the anomalies um, as um, uh, you know, Chris was talking about and uh, Wayne were talking about. When you look at these anomalies and, and what are ha what's happening with them um, and, and John, when, when you look at all of that, um, like you pointed out with 9-11, with uh, those types of anomalies, you know, one of the ones that always was really strange to me was how uh, nobody had really talked at all about their drones uh, until after 9-11. And then nobody talked about, well, it could it be that they had <laughs> this remote control of planes or was it something else or what that they had, right? And a lot of people said, well, it was uh, projections or whatever. But nevertheless, you know, you go back and you look and they've had those things for a very long time. They're ready to deploy them, but they keep it under the, the uh, radar, so to speak just like they do uh, directed energy weapons. And so they'll talk about their directed energy weapons on ships and things like that, but then they re really will poo-poo any uh, reality that, that might be there. I'm just saying that, you know, we need to focus on uh, certainly look at the anomalies, certainly point out what is what looks strange with this, uh, what looks controlled, the malicious aspects of it. But we know the malicious aspects of what they want to do. They've been quite upfront about it. And, um, and as they are talking about taking over this land from everybody, that is the plan that they've had for a very long time. Yeah, David, uh, you mentioned Alec, I guess, real quick. Uh, Alec was uh, founded by Paul Weirich, who was also a founder mm -hmm. of the Heritage Foundation. And yeah. Weirich was mm -hmm. also a founding member of the Council for National Policy, too, as well. Um, yeah. So they, Alec, a lot of the members of Alec were part of the CMP uh, and vice versa. They're kind of interchangeable and one other. So, um, yeah. you know, Ronald Reagan was a member of the CMP. George uh, W. Bush and George H.W. Bush uh, were both members, too, as well. 
Uh, so pretty much any neocon you can think of has been a member of the CMP. And actually, Reagan was receiving Iran-Contra briefings from Oliver North, who was a member of this Council for National Policy. Uh, the briefings that Oliver North was giving to CMP members to try to get money for the Contras. He was receiving security briefings from that organization uh, that, like, for example, for president, usually we get security briefings of um, from the military or for intelligence agencies. But he was getting it directly from the CMP briefings about the Rand Contra affair. Johnny, yeah. hold on for just a second. There's a yes. dog barking in the background. I thought it was my dog, but it's oh me. no, it's it's my crazy golden retriever upstairs, Riley. So. <laughs> she's excited <laughs> about my birthday, I guess. She's everybody's got dogs. Yeah, yeah. I, I legit thought it was mine. I kept taking off my headphones. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> yeah, she's to... um, no dogs here, only cats. Mister <laughs> Mister Richard Willett has joined us from iconic Rich. I used to send Rich Willett America Unplugged every week and he would edit it for us and and throw it up so i thought we had to have him up here what is going on sir greetings it's been a long time since i've seen your face thank you for coming <laughs> on we appreciate you um mr david knight is on we're asking him questions i'm coming to you in just a second don do you have anything to ask david well yeah I, I'm certainly it's it's wonderful to see you david uh, i was obviously honored you. by your presence here uh and but uh, everybody well, thank you. Thank you. Everybody uh, hates Raymond raised the point I was going to raise, too. Did you hear about that, David? There, there's a book called uh, the hell's it called by Dr. Miles Stones. And you know, as a writer, I've had many books published. <laughs> and uh, this guy wrote a book called Fire and Fury, the story of the 2023 Maui fire and its implications for climate change. Apparently it was released a day or two after the incident. Now, you know, I, I don't think there's I don't it's think disappeared there's now. It's disappeared yeah. now. I, I, I took some <laughs> screenshots of it on uh, on Thursday, and it was gone yesterday during the show. I, I said, hey, uh, Travis, pull it up. And and it was gone. I thought it was hilarious. Dr. Miles Stone's and biography was, well, I'd rather not say. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was ratioed with one-star reviews, people saying, this stinks of chat GPT, if nothing else. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was rushed out. It was garbage. Wow, wow. There was I also so. somebody, somebody actually doubled down. It could have been the same guy. Uh, doubled it. down and did a response book critiquing what he had had to say. I mean, imagine that. You got somebody <laughs> that jumps on top of this thing and puts a book out when it's, it's still burning, and, and then somebody does a critique of that book. <laughs> way to make money. It's exactly. way to make money. <laughs> exactly. Mr. Willett, man, um, coming to you real quick. Uh, good to see you as usual. Tell the people what you're up to, because I know you got your own show on Iconic now. It, it, it uh dabbles on the occult i think if i'm if i'm correct but i do want your thoughts on on all of this and if you have a question for david knight go ahead and 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 uh, say that what's up man greetings to america unplugged it's been a while hi i'm sorry for being late i've got the times wrong i was running around after my son nice to see uh everyone wayne john don jeffries we never spoke uh, uh tony everyone here um it's lovely to to be here it's nice to see everyone and um, thank you for asking me and uh yeah miss putting up for you mate i mean it's it's still going 100 miles an hour here i'm doing classified every week now which is more into the occult and the esoteric stuff um more into kind of like uh the, yeah the occult esoteric and conspiracies all mixed into one because there isn't anything like that on iconic um at the moment so i had wayne on recently but um you're really getting into all that stuff really still learning learning so much about this stuff and what kind of like uh, where it goes and how it all leads together. So always fascinated to chat to, to people. What do you like. think of the Maui fires? What do you think? What's your opinion on what's going on over there? Well, I think that, that um, 
it's just several things, couldn't it? It could be direct energy weapons. It could be the fact that they're just they happen a lot and they're just reporting on them even more. Um, and they're obviously they're using them to push the climate change agenda. Right. Um, but we can see that coming coming a mile off. So that's quite clear that they're pushing a club of Rome um, trilateral commission and uh, uh, what was it called the uh, roundtable agenda here. So we've got Keir Starmer over here. Looks like it's going to be our next prime minister. He's a trilateral commission stooge. So they're pushing that heavily over here um, in the UK. And people are kind of not really that bothered about it. They're not buying it. Um, they're not buying anything really anymore after the whole Rona thing. Not to the extent where people aren't bothered. They're trying it with the Rona thing over here again, the Corona thing. Um, they did the UFO thing, which was great for about two days. And then they kind of dropped that. So it's really weird at the moment. It feels like they're just kind of throwing it all against the wall to see what sticks. But over here, people aren't really reacting. And I think that's something that this, um, we call it a cult, or I call it a cult, didn't kind of anticipate is that people get very bored very easily and they'll react <laughs> very early on. And right. then they'll just go, I don't really care. I've got too much. I don't care now. And I don't think they kind of anticipated that people's apathy for all of this stuff. And they're struggling with that because they can only use our energy against ourselves and our own reactions against ourselves. Um, and if we're not reacting at all to any of it, they've got nothing to work with. And I think that's kind of like something they didn't really count on. So, yeah, it's very, very strange over here. A lot of people have woken up to something that's, that's something going on, but they don't know any more than that. But it's enough for them to not bother um, getting too excited about any of this stuff right. over here. So, um, yeah, very strange. It's almost like this COVID thing didn't happen over here it's like wow. it was a bad dream for two two and a half years well it certainly yeah, was bad it, it certainly was a bad dream at the very least right it wasn't a dream but still hang out for a second tony i haven't heard from you this is your show sir uh ask ask the man whatever you want go ahead buddy well it's great to see richard i i, I follow your work and uh love what you do on the occult and the deep dives uh always always a pleasure listening to your show sir and david thank you for for stopping right. by uh, it was oh, funny. I was you. down at the American Liberty Awards <laughs> and somebody came up to me and said, would you sign my Gaston flag? I, I, I'm such a fan. I love it when you fill in for David. And I had Charlie filming it and I said, I'm going to sign my first Gaston flag. So I signed it. He says, well, you're the you're the, the host that I watch when uh, you fill in for David. But I have to admit, I never watch your show. <laughs> I started laughing. That's really funny. You can hear Charlie laughing in the background. Um, there's, there's, there are always uh, big shoes to fill. And I never can. Um, but it's uh, you, oh, you, I mean, you set the standard. I have no problem turning it to you and the guard. I know you guys know everything that's going on and, and you're going to, and I trust your honesty and I trust your judgment. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, that that's a, that's a huge honor. And I would, you know, go back to, uh, the, the fire and fury book and maybe it's uh, fire and fury signifying nothing. I mean, a lot of these things get you chat GPT and all that. We're good. That's just the nature of reality that we're in right now with, uh, I mean, everything is, it's up for, up for grabs. What is real? You know, I'm, I'm still waiting for the genetic code operation, warp speed, Trump shots to protect you from climate change and UAPs. I, I'm thinking mm -hmm. that'll come out soon. Um, but I think, you know, and I want to see what you think, David, um, you know, the, the play, and you see a lot of this floating around, there's going to be lockdowns again. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, but I wonder if they're going to combine something else. I mean, it looks like they might have passed this phase 
and they're going into something else. I mentioned, you know, cl climate change, whatever that means to anyone or, okay. or UAPs, which is the, they've rebranded UFOs kind of like they did new Coke. Remember Coke back in the eighties, <laughs> uh, they just rebranded it and it was a flop. Uh, so I'm wondering in your opinion, just looking at all of this, do you think, Oh, and I'll add this do you, with the fourth turning, the last fourth turning, the, the cataclysm that really kicked off uh, the, the real bloodshed in World War II was the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, also Hawaii. So mm -hmm. that was, again, that, the end of the last fourth turning. Then you have Hawaii now uh, in, in this mix somehow. And, and we've, you know, this panel is, I mean, I think some smart people linking that to, to the occult. I mean, are they doing that uh, in, an, in another attempt to kick off this new war that they want? And are they going to tie this to some, is, I, I think all this, is it tied to climate change? Is it tied to uh, extraterrestrials, Project Blue Beam style warfare? What do you think, sir? Well, I think they'll probably pull all that stuff together. You know, when we talk about changing the name, rebranding UFOs to UAPs, why'd they do that? I, in my opinion, and, and I've said this on the show, uh, I, I think they wanted people to take it seriously. You know, when you start talking about UFOs, there's always this, woo -doo -doo, you know, and people kind of smirk a little bit because there's been so much about that. Uh, over the years and so they want you to take it seriously and the guy they pulled out to take it seriously is an agency which they don't like to talk about the uh, geospatial intelligence agency the fastest growing part of the intelligence agency for the last couple of decades going back to the early 1990s because it's really tied into this surveillance system that the internet has become uh, they wanted to be able to map people's political religious beliefs and everything else uh, onto a map and that uh, you know they're allowed they're able to do that with uh, geofencing with social media and all the rest of this stuff but that's really the fastest growing part of the intelligence community one aspect of it is anticipatory intelligence where they can uh, where they're working on trying to anticipate what you're going to do and of course that was talked about back in the 1970s when you had Zbigniew Brzezinski said you know in his book Between Two Ages he said in the technocratic age we're going to be able to uh, tell what you're going to do before you do it we'll know better than you do what you're going to do that type of thing so it's a full spectrum behavioral psychology uh, trick that they're playing on us, looking at how we're, how we're going to react. Uh, I think uh, the UFO stuff is going to be a part of whatever they, they ultimately want to do. Uh, I think that when we look at um, uh, a war, and, and you mentioned the fourth turning, Tony, um, I, I talk about that frequently, Strauss and how everybody uh, talks about millennials. What are these, this terminology of generational um, view of history where that come from what well, came from strauss and how uh, they wrote a book called generations and then shortly after that they did uh, fourth turning in the early 1990s and they talked about how about every 70 to 80 years you have uh, a major change in institutions they trace that back in a cycle in, in cycles for 500 years through american and british history they pointed out that now the world has essentially become synchronized on this periodicity that's there. But you could even see it not in our exact same timing, but you could even see it in Russia, you know, about 70 years between the Russian Revolution and the fall of um, uh, the Soviet Union and the restructuring of it. And, and so the institutions, just like people, seem to have a lifespan of about 70 years. They get People get tired of them. They become... Uh, uh, corrupt, they become senile, like our current crop of leaders <laughs> perfectly uh, shows. And then there's going to be a, a change. And that change has always been accompanied with massive economic unrest and typically with a war. The previous four turnings we've had, World War II, prior to that, Civil War, prior to that, the American Revolution, and they went back 500 years 
with various other ones. And so I think there's going to be some kind of a war as well. And when we look at what could possibly happen, we have tripwires everywhere. And it's not just our membership in NATO uh, trying to drag us into wars like Pat Buchanan has talked about for the longest time. But it's also the idea that just like the this deadwood in the forest, it's a disaster waiting to happen. And all it needs is a spark, and it's going to turn into a raging inferno that you can't stop. And, and I think that's the real issue. And time is getting really short for us. You know, we're, we're only about six, a uh, little over seven years. I'm sorry, a little over six years away from this. And um, when you look at this next uh, presidential election uh, and the, uh, the, the fact that people are ready for a civil war, a lot of people on either side are ready for a civil war. Of course, a lot more leftists want to fight than people who are conservative. Uh, but um, you, uh, you look at how we have this division that's being set up. We have economic circumstances always there that can drive us into that civil war. And then there's all these other things that they can throw at us. And the climate aspect has been one of the longest run aspects of this. And even during the lockdown, uh, about two weeks into the lockdown, you had Forbes magazine say, well, uh, this is really good and, and it's been great for the environment. We need to keep doing it in some form or the other. And RFK Jr. retweeted that and seconded that and said, yeah, this is really important. I don't know if they were naive enough to think that Fauci was telling us the truth about two weeks to flatten the curve and they're going to let us lose. Uh, but they wrote that in that particular timing. But I think when we look at what is coming at us, this next presidential election, uh, we've never seen this type of politicized warfare uh, on both sides coming at each other. We've never seen in our lifetime this kind of division. And uh, of course, we've seen it in the past with civil war, with revolutionary war, but we've never seen it in our lifetime, because uh, this is the fourth turning that we're going through now. And so they're going to weaponize that, but they'll also weaponize uh, the, the, the climate stuff. And um, it, it is, uh, uh, you know, when, I, I think all of that is going to be a part of it. But it's this next election that we have, the person's going to get sworn in in 2025 and leave office 2029. It's going to take us right to the doorstep of this. It's one of the reasons why I think there is so much, um, you know, uh, escalation um, both sides of this, um, you know, this current thing around Trump and the persecutions and, and then, you know, getting the uh, getting both sides of uh, the political spectrum, even the grassroots ginned up for this stuff. All right. Totally agree. Um, guard, what do you got for for Mr. Knight? Well, uh, David, thanks for coming along for the ride here. This is really great to great be to see here you, with guard. Oh, you too. Absolutely. And thank you for your great texts and so on, too. And, and for the opportunity to fill in for you is just such a blessing. And well, you've because, been a real blessing to us to be able to have a resource to pull on who, who like I said, knows what is going on and will tell it straight, you know, not, oh, not set the curves and tell people what they want to hear. You know, well, I, I should reveal my secret. I've been using uh, chat. Uh, AI to actually do all the shows, so it's, <laughs> it's been it's been great, and now it's starting to get a little corrupted because it's you know becoming it's it's, it's consuming itself. Uh, but uh, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, David, you do a really good job with this so often in every one of your shows, and I think everybody here sort of probably does the similar sort of thing, which is it seems as if. When I, you know, watch you, you can touch on the current breaking issue and then you get radical. You go down to the root. And um, I, I find that incredibly beneficial because uh, there can be a flashpoint in the news and then you can take that and say, OK, let's learn something from this. And whether it be historical, philosophical, economic or religious. And I, I'm wondering, you know, with so many breaking things, um, 
I think a lot of people can say, okay, we've got an immediate battle here. We go look at what's going on in Maui. Look at what, uh, you know, can we, can we talk about what the WEF is doing? So we have these immediate coming threats. We have the ways that they've been manipulating things. And I'm so glad you mentioned Alec because I was on the air in 2005 in New Hampshire when they pushed the model state health emergency pattern mm -hmm. into New Hampshire. And I was one of the few people on the radio talking about this legislation and how it was patently unconstitutional and immoral. And um, so I'm wondering what what your opinion is about. And, and it seems like your process sort of reveals the answer. Um, but we have so many immediate pressing problems. And, and yet I see such value in explaining to people, look. A lot of this comes from a philosophical construct that is almost a Sisyphean task to overcome mm -hmm. or to, to keep pushing, which is the, the philosophical groundwork of things like they say there is such a thing as public health, that you can be sacrificed. Your mm -hmm. rights can be sacrificed for the majority, which is a, a very that that itself is incredibly occultic. Yeah. And yeah. to say so, I, I wonder how how you look at the task to say, okay, we have these immediate things. Can I, and I don't think you get discouraged, but do you ever feel as if you're, you've got such an impedance because these things have been systemically accepted for so long, going yeah. back to the Jacobson decision and all these different types of things to say, people just seem to accept that emergency government mm -hmm. sacrifice your rights for protection, that sort of thing. But yet you continually make those lessons known. And I just would love to get your thoughts on sort of that mix and, and whether it's just the way you are and you just say, no, I've got to make that really important point one way or the other because I wouldn't be telling the truth. Well, and of course, uh, you know, you um, do the same thing, Gard. You, you get right to the to the root of the issue, and that's the key thing. If we don't understand where this is coming from, uh, you got to pull these weeds up from the from the ground up. If you just click it, at the, clip it off of the top, it's going to be back the next day, and that's the problem. That's why this this um, uh, pandemic stuff and the masks and all the rest of the stuff is going to come back because they just clipped off uh, the, the top uh, level of it and it's going to grow back uh, very, very quickly. And um, so we have to pull these things up by the root. We have to understand what is there. I, I think the thing that's most frustrating to me is uh, how easily distracted people are from, um, you know, what is really central to what we need to respond to, what we need to take care of this at, and then the aftermath of, um, you know, 2020 and 2021, even 2022, but especially those two years, the fact that, that everybody, you know, they're just relieved that it's over and they don't really want to think about it anymore. And they don't want to take any preparation to make sure that doesn't happen again. You know, we're talking about forest fires and all, all these other kind of fires. Imagine if you just had your house uh, burned down and uh, you're going to rebuild it exactly the same way. You're not going to take any other precautions and you're going to build it out of straw or whatever, you know, because uh, you never didn't learn a lesson. And that's the problem. We re were rebuilding a house of straw after a fire has just gone through our neighborhood for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And we can't and, and we're so easily distracted with everything. Uh, you know, the UAP thing is going to be one of those types of deals. But, you know, we get distracted with the elections, which really are meaningless. I said that when we were in 2020, I said, so. We've had a situation where Republicans and Democrats at every level have turned everything over to unelected bureaucrats who can have presumed that they can tell us 
to do anything and that there is no constitutional legal structure. We didn't elect these people. They're not accountable to us. And the people that we did elect are doing nothing. So what's the election about? It really is a distraction away from what is really being done with these people. And you still see nobody talking about removing, uh, putting in restrictions so that this never happens again. Nobody's trying to fireproof our communities so that we don't get burned down again. Uh, that's the reality. And so we have to look at what these fundamental issues are. We have to understand where they want to go. And um, we need to look at those structures that they've already put in place that they're fortifying in order to get there. That's the key thing, I think. And I like it that you don't tire about those things. You know, as I said, you know, these are philosophical problems where people accept things that have come prior. Uh, even even the canard that there is such a thing as public health, which negates mm -hmm. the individual mm -hmm. itself because and negates the idea of the, the, the group is just a, a whatever the government claims is a bunch of different people and they can all become targets, which becomes self self immolating. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's a QED. It, it's circular logic. And um it is interesting to see that uh, I think the people that I really find so admirable, like your work, um, you can take these flashpoints that people could see are so distracting and so on and always say, let's not forget the root. Let's not forget these things. And as mm -hmm. I said, you know, that some people could see it as a Sisyphean task. As I said, you know, you're constantly pushing this thing up. But but in a way, it's it's part of life. You know, we get up every day and we have to get up and do the stuff. And it's, if Groundhog we can look day. at it as a, yeah. And I think if we can look at it as a positive that, you know, we're, we're doing God's work, we're doing yeah. the right for our neighbor. It's great. So yeah, kudos to you for doing that. I really appreciate it. And okay. uh, yeah, it's, it's going to, you know, when you look at the public health thing, all this stuff about herd immunity, for example, you know, what an absurdity that is. Well, you know, my vaccine doesn't protect me. Well, if it doesn't protect you and you don't get immunity from your vaccine, then it doesn't matter with the rest of this stuff. You know, it's like, you got to wear your mask to protect me. I said, okay, so I got to wear my seatbelt to protect you. I got to wear my, uh, I got to, you wear a motorcycle uh, helmet to protect me. I don't, what is going on with all this stuff? It's really, a lot of it is based on absurdity. As I said, if you don't have individual health, you're not going to have public health. If you don't have individual uh, immunity, you're not going to have a public immunity. Uh, you've got to focus back to the reality and the absurdity that they build all this stuff on. And people just accept it as a premise because it has pushed to them so much. It's just amazing how, how effective this has all been in terms of behavioral um, uh, uh, control. They even had the, uh, in the UK, they have behavioral insights team, BIT, and I said, it's very much like they put the bit in your mouth and turn you wherever they want and direct you to look at this or direct you over there. It truly is amazing how they can do that psychologically. Oh, Mr. Man. Graves, do you have anything for, for Mr. Knight? I just wanted to say kudos to you, sir, for standing your ground when it comes to Alex Jones. I've always <laughs> wanted to say that to you. And I do. I absolutely agree with you that change uh, only really starts at the local level. So well, thank you. Kudos to you, sir. Thank you. And I told him, I said, if you give up your credibility by lying to people about this stuff, you got nothing left. I was wrong about that, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You, again, you can fool enough of the people for a long period of time. Can, can well, you were able to rebuild. You were able to build up your own thing. So, well, thank you. That. I appreciate that. And it, it wasn't really anything that I did. I just I really feel blessed. And I was a lot of people were very kind to help us uh, when that happened. So oh, uh, I was I've really existed on. Um, um, the kindness of strangers, as Blanche Dubois would say. <laughs> so it really has been there. And the providence of God. 
uh, working through the kindness of strangers. I mean, I, I've said it many times before, but that's that's why I admire David so much because of what he did. He's, he stood by his principles no matter what. Money didn't come into play. He's like, you know what? This is what I'm doing. And that's the end of it. And if you don't like it, you know, uh, we'll part ways. And that's the end of it. You know, and, and there, you know, it sounds like something so simple, but it's so freaking rare. Especially, especially in the alternative media where people go along to get along and they, and they want the attention, you know, they, they want the followers, they want the money, they want the popularity. So that that's very rare. And, and uh, this is why I try to surround myself with the people that I surround myself with. Because when, when I came into the alternative media starry eyed, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, and then you started seeing things for what they were when you put on the Roddy Piper he- uh, um, uh, glasses and it's like, whoa. These people aren't human. Well, they are. And you and you done the uh, professional uh, wrestling journalism stuff, so you yeah. recognize this stuff from a long ways off. You've you've been great at that as well. That that's that's the whole deal. Uh, this is all professional wrestling, David. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, Wayne, uh, questions for for David. Then we will get out of here. But I do want to talk to Richard for a little bit. But but uh, uh, Wayne, do you have a question for David? Yeah, David, uh, I recognize right away the core of the problem we have in this world is a spiritual problem. Mm-hmm. We are in the the throes of spiritual warfare on a grand scale here. And this permeates everything that happens in this world. Yes, Did sir. you recognize anything attached to the January 6th event that touches on the spiritual or perhaps the esoteric? Uh, I noticed that you do tend to recognize the occult nature of these things and i've gone delving down the trail into january 6th and wouldn't you know january 6th is historically associated with the feast of epiphany which is derived from a an earlier earlier feast that ties back to the saturnalia celebrations Mm. and in the dark ages in the medieval times In the Feast of Epiphany, they celebrated something called the Feast of Fools. And in my estimation, that's what we saw happening on January 6th. I try to warn people about that. And I've had some people say, you know, uh, contact me and said, thank you so much for warning me about that. And it just breaks my heart to see people that uh, I know that got caught up in that and to see even the people that I didn't know and see what has happened to them. Yeah, it, it was a very foolish thing. It was never, I could never understand what they thought was going to be accomplished by any of that. Uh, it was all truly over uh, by December the 14th, which was uh, the Monday before I was fired. And I said that even though it had been out fundraising over the weekend, I said, this is a grift now that there's nothing at all that you could possibly hope to have, have done. The, the process is finished now, but uh, that's very interesting. I didn't know that about January the 6th, the date, and the, the occultic. Uh, uh, oh yeah. There's, there's a whole connection there. It ties back to uh, like the medieval period. It was called the feast of fools where they would <laughs> actually uh, parade through the town, a mock Bishop. They would dress up some dude as a Bishop and they celebrated stuff just like they do down at Mardi Gras. And it was actually, it was a mockery. It was a mockery of the power structure at the time. Wow. And in my estimation, what's been done here is the political structure put this thing together and it was a mockery of the people. So they're, they're mm-hmm. recognizing right now that, well, let's face it, we're being led by fools, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, it truly is. That is amazing. I remember we had, uh, we used to live out in the woods in, in uh, North Carolina. And um, we had um, one night, uh, well, it was in December. It was a, the, the uh, 
uh, winter solstice, you know, just before Christmas, like what is it? 22nd, 21st or something like that, you know? And, um, uh, and I thought somebody was running a machine. I couldn't figure out what it was. And we stepped outside and way down the hill because this other person had a very large uh, property, about 20 acres. And, um, and we could hear it was a flute and drums were beating and we could see this fire that was going on. That's really strange. And uh, then it happened again in January. It might have been the, uh, the Feast of Fools. I don't know. But uh, whatever the date was, when it happened a second time, I went back and looked it up on the Internet. And it's like it's another one of these, um, you know, uh, regular uh, occultic uh, witches' Sabbaths or whatever, you know. And, and so <laughs> it was really strange. So we just took some speakers out and uh, put them on the, on the deck and started blaring Christmas, Christian music. And uh, that stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> they never did it again. <laughs> so it's uh, what, what you, one of the way that you one of the ways that you combat this stuff is to uh, shine the light on it. I think. <laughs> hey, Mister Knight, it's been a, it's been a pleasure to have you here you on so America Unplugged with us. We're not going to keep you any longer. Everybody else, stick around so we. It's can... great, and and congratulations, guys! You're doing great work, all of you. Uh, so many people, I can't call everybody's name out, but it, it really is important to have a vibrant community that is going to be there. This isn't something one person is going to do. And that's the key thing. If there's a lot of people doing it, they can't uh, take it out. And so that's the key thing, having a vibrant, growing community of people who are willing to tell the truth about what they see, do hard work to investigate it, and then tell people, this is what I see, and let people make their mind up. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, all of you. Appreciate Thank it. you for being here, Mr. Knight. We appreciate you. Everybody tune into Mr. Knight. You know when to find him. I don't got to tell you. So uh, <laughs> make sure you go ahead and do that. Greetings. Blessings to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. There goes Mr. Knight. Uh, that was dope, you know, to, to have him on uh, the 100th episode and, and be able to talk to him for a little bit. Um, I, I thought that was really cool. It's very special. Be it that, you know, uh, uh, you know, we, we align in so many different ways. He's still here. Him yeah, they're, they're trying to figure out how to, how to end this over there. Uh, my wife is doing it. <laughs> <laughs> got everything started and then turn it over to her and I she's not you. really sure so oh, we're we're about to leave right now so i'll say bye-bye you make <laughs> it you. great david <laughs> there he goes he's gone um uh you know but um but but it was really dope to have him here i asked tone i was like is it okay if i if i go ahead and tone was like yeah man ask him so so we brought him and i have a lot of respect for that guy you know but i have a lot of respect for everybody on the panel here today um I mean, you know, in particular, and I, and I want to stress before we get up out of here is that, you know, the reason we created this show was, was you know, to, to combat the, the left-right paradigm, right, and to unplug from the system, right? That's why it was called America Unplugged, right, to, to, to point out what was going on with the technocracy and things that are inevitably coming, right? And I think we've done that. We've got wrapped up in, well, I've gotten wrapped up in this, this whole freaking Trump thing, but there, there's, a, there's a reason for it, you know, because, because it's, it's deceptive. What's going on, right? And 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 David Knight left InfoWars because of it. Because, because Alex Jones was being dishonest and because he had guests like Steve Puchinik on that were being dishonest and, and they were feeding nonsense to the people. And I'm not trying to feed nonsense to the people. Whether you want to listen or not is, is completely different. But, you know, whether I'm wrong on things or we as a collective group are wrong on things, we're going to be wrong. But it's honest. It's not dishonest. And that, that's what we're trying to do here. That's why I admire him so much. That's why I admire Tony Arterburn so much. You know, when, when, when Tony joined the team, you know, we, we were over at TFR, Don and I, and, and Tony got on TFR. And I was like, you know what? Um, kind of like this guy. He's pretty cool. 
Um, let me bring him on the show. And, and, and then he just became a part of the show. It was organic to the point where I was like, do you want to be a part of the show? You know, and, and if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be broadcasting right now. And Don is the man. Like everybody knows Don is the man. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, sir. And, 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 uh, and I thank him for everything, you know, for, for hanging out with us, lending his, his expertise. He doesn't have to do any of this. Nobody's getting paid here. You know, we, we do it because we want to every every Saturday. And everybody that tunes in, we had tons of people listening and, and watching today. The podcast continues to grow. And we're very happy about that. Everybody listening after the fact. Wayne McCroy has been with us since the beginning, you know, and, and I appreciate Wayne so much. And, and uh, that was back in the iconic days. And I, I think that's how 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 Richard and Wayne connected. It was it was through this show, you know, um, and, and Mr. Brissom, like, uh, you know, it's. It, I can't uh, I can't do anything without asking John's uh, uh, opinion. And John and I disagree quite a bit, but I know John is for real. You know, I, I know he's for real and he means well. Right. And we go back and forth and we try to, to learn from one another. I try to tell him to calm down and he tries to tell me not to be so stupid. And it's great. You know, it's, it's fantastic. So I appreciate jo uh, John. And every time I need him to come on, he comes on. Chris Graves is, is, a, is a wonderful new addition. To our family here, man, Chris is doing his thing all over. Richard, meet Chris Graves. Uh, I don't know if you guys know each other, but uh, nice to meet you. You know, um, he, he's a he's a beast. He's been all over the place researching everything there is to research, and and he has like eight thousand shows. I can't even begin to name. <laughs> and 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 Mr. Gar Goldsmith is is another one that that's down with the fam from you know most recently. Uh, cool with Tony and David Knight, you know, and, and uh, when I got to know Guard, I was like, man, this guy is incredible and and, and uh, a wealth of knowledge. This is Richard Willett from Iconic, you know, um, and, and, and Richard was was the guy that had to deal with me on a day to day over at Iconic. Right. That's rough. That's rough. <laughs> right. Right. Richard was the guy that I had to go to. I had to. Hey, Richard, listen, I got this show. I completely screwed it up. How do I fix it? Richard, I messed up the editing on this. Please do something, you know. And 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 uh, we became friends as a result of it. He he had me on some of his documentaries. Richard does incredible work, you know. Um, and uh, and I'm glad to have him here. It, it wouldn't be America Unplugged with with uh, the anniversary anyway without having a representative from Iconic. And and this is the person that I I dialogued with and interacted with the most. I have to give shouts out to to Jamie Ike. Who, without which the the show wouldn't be a thing because he's the one that approached me about doing a show. Otherwise, I had no intention of, of doing anything. So shouts to Jamie. Um, Mr. Sam Tripoli. Shouts to Sam Tripoli, who is solely responsible for getting us here on Rockfin. It was after, after um, Tony pushed me to do it, I called up um, Sam and he hooked it up. No questions asked. Boom. Shout out to Sam. And uh, so shouts to Sam Tripoli. Uh, all of you. I love all, all you guys. Listen, I'm, we're, we're going to go to Richard and then we're getting up out of here. I, I want Richard to talk about uh, his new show. What are you covering? I know you just had Wayne on, which must have been explosive. So what are you covering over there? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're muted. You're muted. There you go. I can do sign language anyway. So apparently yeah. new signs out for um, climate change. New sign language for climate change. Are teaching <laughs> teaching kids now. I don't know what you can do. I get sign I get sign language and mine mixed up as well. So I kind of mix the two, which is isn't good for them. Um, what am I doing? I'm doing a classified at the moment. I had Wayne on. We were talking about um some uncovered files the other week, and I forgot the guy's name 
I want to say Robert off the top of my head. Um, who am I talking about? Townsend Brown. From Townsend Brown. And that was fascinating mm. to talk about the ether and the fact that we have this free energy around us. And we are free energy. That's what we are. We always be free energy. They just manipulate us to forget. So I'm looking into more of the occult stuff. John's taught me a lot, obviously, about um, about the Gnostics and their background of that. And um, as I say, we don't agree all the time, but I've got a huge amount of respect for John and everyone everyone here who does this sort of work because, you know, we're all kind of trying to answer the big questions of why we're here, what we're doing here, and right. where, what we're supposed to be doing here. And I think that that's what I find fascinating about chatting to, to, to people on the show is that I want to enjoy this place and I want to learn. And I, I don't hold any kind of um views solidly it's kind of like this is fascinating to me like with a child's heart i go at it at this stuff and i think that comes across in the way i i interview people i like to think so and and i respect people's um beliefs and it, it i learned so much wayne has taught me a huge amount from from his books as well um I, my kind of thing is is looking into the occult into the secret societies but and the nature of reality now um, more philosophical questions of what we're doing here, why we're here, and um, and what we can difference we can make. And I think a lot of people are hooked on solving this war when actually I've come to the terms with the fact that I just want to do my bit. So to make sure my son has an opportunity to okay. live a life like we get, I don't. I know we have certain restrictions on the way we live, even in the Western world, but I don't want them to become worse. And I want to hold the line. And that's kind of my thought. If I can do that before I, I leave this place, I want to be able to say, look, you've still got the freedoms I had as a child, regardless of all this technology that came in, everything we came in. I held the line for you. And now it's your turn and your generation's turn. Because I think at my age, I'm 42 now, that we're the last ones that really remember the world without the internet. And I think right. that's incredibly important right. that we remember the world without the internet. And everybody else is born plugged in now and um i think we have i take that as a as a duty as of, of going look it, this isn't you don't need this stuff and you certainly don't need the stuff that they're they're bringing to you and and that's what the show's about it's about kind of figuring out what we're doing here why we're here why we behave as we are and and the cult reasons behind that and then why the this cult that i call it a cult does what it does as you were saying wayne was just saying about um about the feast it's on capitoline hill obviously that goes back to to rome and you're going back to saturn the temple of saturn there all the symbology is there and i find that really fascinating that once you learn it it's it's there to be seen this is a satanic cult that inverts everything and i think we all don't want our children to be subjected to that stuff so um, it's an honor and a pleasure to chat to you Fantastic, brother. Thank you for taking the time. We're going to go around the room and we're getting up out of here. Mr. Tony Arterburn, the wisest of all the wolves. What is up, sir? Thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for being my friend. I love you. You're the best. One of the best humans I've ever met in my freaking life. I mean, really, really, Mr. Tony Arterburn. Tell the people what's up. We're getting out of here. Well, I love you too, brother. Thank you very much. I was thinking of something um, while Richard was talking about I think it's a, and Don would probably know this. It's a quote. I think it was Harriet Beecher Stowe who said that uh, to sin in silence when you should protest makes cowards of men. And nobody yeah. on this panel has been silent over mm -hmm. the last four or five years, and especially the last three where you've seen a, an all out war 
on humanity by the gov by governments against their own people all across the globe. We're living in unprecedented times, and it's we're so fortunate to have people like David Knight, to have people like Don Jeffries, to have people like Gar Goldsmith, Chris Graves. I mean, the whole panel, Richard. I mean, you know, Charlie Robinson was here. We, we're just so very fortunate, and uh, I'm just—it's an honor to be a part of it. Uh, we're, we're we again 100 episodes, folks. It's one episode a week. So we've been here for a couple of years now. So it's um, I think the shows are going to get better, too. Um, we're, we've learned we we have the capability to learn. So, uh, you know, when we come back for each week, we've had more experience. We've had more time to digest. And, you know, and I think the difference between this and a lot of other shows is we sometimes we come on and correct ourselves. So, um, and again, again, proud to be here. Thanks. Of course, John Brissom. And, and uh, I love his. Uh, his his specialty work, especially in the CNP and right. calling out, you know, we we want to break the left right paradigm, and John's been real integral in that and, and oh, yeah. showing us the way. And so I appreciate his work and any everybody on the panel. So I didn't want to leave anybody out, but uh, thanks to everyone. AmericaUnplugged.com yeah. uh, is the website, and um, be sure and go and give give us a good review. If you can go to Apple and give us a good, we have people like saying that. I, I looked at some of the reviews like Don's microphone still doesn't work. I'm like, I fixed that like two years ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> and like, Don's microphone doesn't work. And uh, it's an unlistenable audio. And I'm like, what are you talking? What are you, are you going back to episode four or where are you? I mean, so go, please go give us a good review. I appreciate everybody. Yeah. That's a really good point. The, the, the numbers on the podcast continue to grow. We need the reviews to reflect that. Everybody's listening, but people aren't reviewing. Please review. It It, it would help if, if you guys went ahead and did that. So uh, take a moment. It takes like a second. Just give me five stars, not four. Okay, if you're going to give four, go give it to somebody. Five stars is what we want. Okay? I'm giving it one because Billy's got Trump derangements. So. <laughs> There's enough people that already did that shit. <laughs> Mr. Don Jeffries, it is your birthday. Thank you for being the man. Thank you for lending us your, your expertise and your knowledge week after week after week, especially your time. We appreciate the hell out of Don Jeffries. What's up, sir? America Unplugged. Tell the people where they can find you. Well, this was, uh, this was amazing because we had enough uh, squares here to make the Hollywood squares and Brady Bunch and people been commenting. On it. I guess I was Greg Brady and uh, Chris was uh, Paul Lynn on the Hollywood squares. He had the the crucial center square. So uh, you'll be asking questions, but uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun. It's hard to believe some that many shows. Maybe we'll go into syndication. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, sure hope that the lockdowns don't come back, but it wouldn't surprise me. And, uh, uh, you know, people, you can support me by coming to sub Substack, donaldjeffries.substack.com. It's called I Protest there as well. It's the only place I'm not being shadow banned. They're shadow banning, masking the truth. And, and Tony, you, you probably should take this show down right afterwards just because we did talk about COVID, you know, quite a bit. And, uh but uh, you know they're they're doing tricks on this. Uh, you know, th just to give you one example, if you go to Apple Books, uh, they're listing the ebook for Masking the Truth at nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, they're blocking it from Google Books search. They're blocking it from WorldCat. Uh, Amazon has taken down uh, reviews. Amazon doesn't list it with my other books. So anyhow, try to support me that way. Uh, it's the only book that tells that's told, that tells the whole truth about the greatest side in the history of the world. But uh, wonderful to be with you guys. I'm gonna run. Thanks, thanks everybody. Appreciate Bye, it. Sir. Go have fun. The pineapple cake done. Pineapple cheesecake. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. That's that's you know, Don's gonna go have some cheesecake. So he has to have pineapple uh, instead of a salad, which is what he said he was gonna have. All right, Away McCroy. It's been a while, bro, since you and I have known each other. Thank you for coming on. Who would have thought that all that time ago? 
I used to have a gentleman called Crow Triple Seven on my show once a week, live on TFR. Crow would come on and do 15 to 20 minutes on my show. And through Crow, I met late Jason Lingram and I met Wayne McCroy. Um, and uh, Wayne and I have remained friends this entire time. And, and I, I am very grateful. Anytime I have a, a question on the Bible, I give him a call and we talk about it sometimes. You know, We don't spend enough time on the phone together, but that's because of me. I, I have time for nothing. But uh, thank you so much, Wayne. I appreciate you. Tell the people what's up. I appreciate you too, my friend. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, shouts out to Crow Triple Seven. Crow is a stand-up individual, and I can't say enough good things about the man. He has a bright heart, and he has good intentions, and that shines through. Uh, so I want to thank you all for having me on this fine show. I, it is an honor and a privilege to be here, as I said at the outset. And I do appreciate each and every one of you. Keep fighting the good fight, gentlemen. Uh, if anybody's looking for me, our Chemical Tech Revolution podcast is available anywhere you find podcasts. So you can find any uh, in information there as to where else to find me. So much appreciated as always, gentlemen. And another fine happy birthday wish to Don as he enjoys his cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, brother. Uh, John Brissom, the Patriot Street Fighter. Black Trump, Jacques Brisson, the man himself, and nobody better at fighting the CMP. There's nobody better about pointing out the hypocrisies of QAnon and 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 pulling uh, uh, Michael Flynn's card and all that. And nobody does it better than Mr. John Brissom, my friend. It's always a, pre a pleasure to have you on. And this is another guy. If I need him, he's on. You know, and we talk almost every day about about. Nonsense. I want everybody to know that. Well, it's true, and 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 you screw with me every every day. He he tells me how wrong I am about something, and then a year goes by, and he's like, "Billy, you were right." I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the people what's up, Johnny. Uh, I'm glad to be here on America Unplugged. Yeah. Um, it's it's good. It's good to be here. I didn't get on, and I love you like Tony got those. Uh, I love all like, of you. I've said so I'm kind of uh, you know, jealous in that regard. Um, I hope Don enjoys the Cheesecake Factory. Happy birthday, Don. We all love you. Um, get yourself two pieces of cheesecake. Why not? Huh? Uh, but um, yeah, I mean. It, been a pleasure to be on um you know i i, I respect each and one of y'all um everybody that was on here today uh for various reasons and um you know it's 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 tough as the world continues to get worse i don't think it's going to get better anytime soon and i don't think it probably will uh um you know it, it's interesting to have uh various and differing perspectives and different research uh which everybody does uh and yes we may not all ag agree um but you know at least at the end of the day uh, we could present various views to the audience. Um, and that's important because, you know, a, a time in a world where everybody's at each other's throats over everything. Um, and it looks like that we may eventually be on the, 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 the precipice of some sort of civil war in the United States again over an orange Cheeto and a, a man who doesn't know where he is half the time, uh, then um, I, I guess that's where we're at, uh, you know, because I don't want to be any part of that. I know most people listening are probably not going to be any part of that either. At least I hope so, because, uh, you know, given your life to the elite, 
to uh, put uh, to keep either one of those uh, puppets in power is just a sad time. Okay, uh, Trump locked us down, fathered the vaccine, the United States more, and Biden just continued the plan. And whoever gets back into 2024, I don't care if Trump keeps promising he'll be a retribution. He won't be. Uh, and uh, no matter what, um, you know, just <sighs> keep surviving the way that, you know, that you can because things are going to get tough. They're going to get tough out there, and um, you know we'll, we'll try our best to to bring you the evidence and to bring you different, you know, uh, various viewpoints. As you know, both you and uh, Billy and Tony and um, Don do on America Unplugged and the various guests that you have on uh, week by week. And um, yeah, I listen. As I say, I listen every Saturday. I usually call Billy up afterwards, and um, you know we discuss. Uh, the show, uh, you know, and and I really enjoy it. It gives me something to listen to, something I look forward to every week. So now for anybody listening, go uh, definitely give it a five star review for sure. Thank you, buddy, man. Appreciate you, man. I'll, I'll be I'll be in touch. Mr. Guard Goldsmith, you're, you're the guard is the freaking man. If anybody doesn't know guard, there is there's like he's almost I mean, him and Tony are just like it's incredible. The, and, and the amount of knowledge that they have about just about everything. So I listen to Liberty Conspiracy every time it's on and I am home. I just turn it on and I always learn something new every single time. And then he throws in the music, you know, and, and so it's like a kindred spirit, man. I, I, I am so happy to have met you and, and thank you for coming on the show whenever. You know, sometimes I hit him up literally five minutes before the show. Hey, guard, Wayne knows all about this because I do it to Wayne. <laughs> Hey guys, what are you what are you guys doing? You guys want to come on the show? I have a question about something, and boom, all the time without fail. Yes, I will come on. You know, if they can't, they can't. But nine times out of ten, they can. Guard Goldsmith, thank you for doing everything you do. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. I enjoy the hell out of it. Freeworld.fm. Go sign up. Everybody here, with the exception of Richard Willett, and we're gonna pull him at some point. We'll be over there at Freeworld.fm. Guard Goldsmith. He disappeared off the camera, and he is back. There he goes. Tell the people where they can find you. Well, uh, if I'm still on camera, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I've got no signal right now, so but the camera's still glowing. And I'll just let you know, while I was listening to Richard, I was struck like lightning by the breathtaking fact. Again, just reminding me, don't get accustomed to the amazing things. Here he is over in the UK, and you guys are where you are. And here we are with this technology all coming together. Yeah. And it's amazingly cool. And I had to bring that up because um, you are utilizing this technology in a wonderful way on your show every week. And adding to it, it's going to be amazing to see Free World start off. And I can't wait. And I'll do this before we go. You know, uh, my friend F. Paul Wilson is a libertarian novelist, doctor, sort of, and so on. And uh, he's now retired. But in one of his novels, I learned where uh, toasting comes from, mm. the tradition of toasting. Yeah. And um, and um, uh, it comes from ancient medieval days when royals would meet, different royals would meet, competing royals. In order to show that the wine had not been poisoned, they would pour a little bit into each other's cups. And that's where the clinking of the cups comes from to show a sign of trust and respect and so on. Oh, yeah. So with that ancient tradition, I salute you guys. And it's just terrific. 
and it's terrific to, to still be here as I compliment technology. It's still pulling through. So hats <laughs> off to you guys and congrats, man. Salud, sir. Salud, man. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. You know, um, they say it's it's bad luck to toast with water, but that's all I drink. So um, I can spit in it. So, <laughs> that might be better. All yeah. right, Mr. Chris Graves, you know, last but certainly not least, thank you for everything you do. Every time I'm on air and I need something, every every time Tony's on air and we need something. Hey, I don't know what this is. Can you can you source this for me? Chris is just just does it. And he sends me a ton of stuff every day on my Twitter feed or on my phone. He's like, hey, take a look at this. Take a look at this. Take a look at this. It doesn't go uh, unappreciated, buddy. Thank you. And thank you for filling in whenever you need to. Tell whenever we need you to. Thank you, buddy. Uh, tell the people what's up. Tell them when they can find you. Well, I'm on Twitter at Seagraves Mask Guy. Uh, I'm going to be on, uh, we're going to have another paratruther coming up. Oof. It's going to be a really juicy one. I'm right. really looking forward to it. And uh, conspiring with Mr. Cooper, my good friend Tom Cooper is tonight at 8 p.m. And uh, other than that, buy, uh, please buy Don's book in light of his birthday today, Masking right. the Truth. It's a nice present. We, we, we will do that. I'll do that again. I will buy his book again and get an autograph at free world, uh, a free world NYC September 9th. But don't forget eventbrite.com. Uh, go check it out. September 9th. The first link that comes up, type in free world NYC and Eventbrite, and it'll show up. Mr. Richard Willett. It is always a pleasure to see you to, 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 to lay eyes on you. How are you, sir? Thank you. Thank you for coming back on, man. Um, like I said, it was, it's, uh, I couldn't, I, I, I need, I needed to have you on a show, you know, and, and, and bring you on since you were such an integral part of it. And we're friends. You're my friend. I haven't spoken to you in a while, but, 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 but I consider you a friend. We dealt with each other every year. Well, dealt with each other is, is not the way to put it. I, I you know, <laughs> I had a good, it, it was, it was a, always a pleasure dealing with, with Richard Willie week after week after week for at least what, a year and a half, two years, maybe. You know, over at Iconic, um, I, I know you told people what you were doing, but tell them where they can find you so we can get out of here. Um, you can find my work on uh, the What Have podcast goes out every week on the usual usual ones. That's what, with Gaz. Uh, so we look at all the news of the week and anything that said, I won't do the swear word, but what the actual um, may yeah. just go like that. We we just talk about it and review it. And that's got that's been really popular. And that's great for me and Gaz to do, because I think we would have gone absolutely mental. Um the last two years without that ourselves and i think that comes through so we still do that every week that goes out video version goes out free on iconic and you can get the audio version everywhere uh classifieds out every wednesday on iconic.com at 7 p.m british summertime and i think that's all i do and i just do some i do lots of other like projects on the platform um at the moment but yeah i would love to get involved with what you guys are doing i think i've disappeared off into the i spend so much time editing and running around after my son arthur that I just don't, I don't know what's if I'm coming or going half the time, but um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm really, really proud of you for hundred episodes, mate. And anything I can ever do, as you know, you all, all you got to do is phone me and give me a ring and I will help in any way I possibly I, I, can. I know this to you be know true. That. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate you here at America Unplugged. Listen, everybody that's listening, all the people that tune in week after week after week, there's so many of you. Um, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't even begin to to name everyone, but you guys know who you are. You know, and uh, and next week, uh, I promise I'll sit there and I'll, I'll go through everything. It's been an extended episode. We had the world on today. Um, but um, it's, it's everybody that you know and love. Right. You know, the, and so we, we had to do it here on America Unplugged. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Billy the Kid, BRV, Mecca G. You guys know the deal. You guys know where to find me. 
right? And if you don't, it's all good. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where. But uh, of course, the infinitefringe.podbeam.com. Go check that, the Infinite Fringe on Apple Podcast. You know, americaunplugged.com, America Unplugged, 12 p.m. Eastern right here on Rockfin. You guys know the deal. All right, and uh, that's it, man. That's it. Hey, Tone. I'm going to see if we can play us out. You want to play us out? All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's let's try it. Take it easy, everybody. God bless you. We love you. Don't burn the place down while we're done.